We're back here on Talk With a Southern Accent. It's a Thursday. It is the 27th day of May. We're talking about everything Southern on y'all. I am John Rawl, the general of all things Southern. And here in this first hour of y'all, we've got a lot of sports that we're going to get to. The latest with the NBA playoffs. Unfortunately for Memphis Grizzly fans, your series is now tired. We will talk about that here this hour. A historic Wednesday in the state of Mississippi. Congratulations, Magnolia State. You got your very first team national champion for any of the three FBS schools in Mississippi. We'll tell you which team in Mississippi won a national championship. Big news out of a certain SEC school. I'll just give you that. You got a 50% chance of getting that one right. We'll have that in our SEC report. And to help us out in this first hour to talk about news, commentary, and a lot of sports is our friend Joe Holloway. He's on right now to help us get through this first hour. Joe, welcome in to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We got to make sure you got a Southern Accent. Uh, if we're going over to Nolan, you all, <laughs> that's my Mississippi relatives talking. They call me Yankee because they say I talk too fast. Ah, yeah. So you, if you're down in the Delta area of Mississippi, you say, you all and over yonder. Oh, all right. Well, Joe Holloway, a.k.a. Coach Holloway, with a long career in coaching high school, school, high school sports primarily. We're going to get his take on what's going on in all of the sports world here in this first hour, plus hashtag Hullabaloo comes your way in hour number one of today's Y'all Show. In hour two today, we are going to give you the latest in entertainment and country music news. We have the top ten country summer songs. We'll play one of those songs to get us going with that report. Hour number two. Hour number three on today's Y'all Show. Joe, you like barbecue? I love barbecue. And now, now don't some, lie to us here. You got to tell the truth. Oh, oh, ask my wife how much I eat. We'd eat barbecue four times a week if I had my way about it. Oh, I thought you were going to say four times a day. No, no, don't be a glutton. <laughs> it's good stuff, but now you can only eat it so much. You got to mix some other good southern dishes in there. You know, pork chops are kind of southern, especially the way they cooked here in the south. I, you would, I would say pork deal. chops are very southern. I'm yep. just going to make a bold statement there, but. We have, have you ever seen this chain? they got 52 locations. Moe's Original Barbecue. Have you ever seen those? I've seen them. have not stopped. All right. Well, they started out in a place called Tuscaloosa. Have you ever heard of that place? Just a little bit. Yeah. Some good food down there. Some good football there, too. Yeah, a little bit of good football, but better food, to be honest with you. And we are going to be talking with one of the operations managers of Moe's Original Barbecue as they celebrate their 52nd franchise. And they also are doing something to help out pediatric cancer throughout the southeast and we'll be talking with hunter whitfield in hour three as part of our feature on this southern business moe's original barbecue coming your way in hour three plus it is going to be memorial day weekend this weekend and joe i know you probably have big plans well if you don't have big plans or all of you out there tuning in on great radio stations listening to the y'all show we have a list of about 15 awesome events really more like festivals that are going on this Memorial Day weekend. You can go down to Lafayette and check out the Cajun Heartland Music Festival. Granger Smith is performing in that. You got, have you ever seen or heard what, what happens in Middle Tennessee around this time each year? The Tennessee Renaissance Festival. Yes. You know what that is? Oh, it's big. See, I lived in Mount Pleasant for four years. Well, that's going on this weekend in Arrington, which is sandwiched in between 
Franklin and Murfreesboro on 840, I believe, is the highway there. And so you got that going on there this weekend. And then you can get your Irish on in Tyler, Texas, the Rose capital of Texas. This weekend, Roses take a back seat to the Tyler Celtic Festival. I don't think they're wow. celebrating the Boston Celtics there. but No, I don't uh, think so. The Tyler Celtic Festival, Celtic Festival, it's going on this weekend. Plus, we got a bluegrass festival in North Carolina going on this weekend. All will be part of our feature on great festivals this very weekend across the southeast. We'll have that hour number three. If you want to get involved with y'all, it is so easy, and we don't even charge for the phone call. It's 803-816-1170. You can call or text Joe's over here monitoring the phones right now, and and we'll take your call, put you on, y'all talk with a southern accent, and you can text if you're more comfortable sharing something about the South or what's going on in your life, you want us to talk about it, 803-816-1170. We are your southern ambassadors, and we're just here to help you out. Our website, which is the homepage of the South, is y'all.com. Go there right now and get the podcast edition of y'all. And you also will see a lot of the video interviews that we do. In fact, our interview, we have our three today with Hunter with Moe's Original Barbecue. That video interview is right there. You can see just how pretty Hunter Whitfield is when we talk to him in hour number three. So all of that right here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And again, if you miss us live on the radio, you can check us out in podcast form at y'all.com. But we're also, Joe, i got to show off. I'll let you see what I've, I've just discovered here at y'all we're in apple podcast you can listen to the show anytime you want to just simple if you got an apple apple phone or anything that's got itunes you can click on the show and and listen to it right there on apple podcast we're on iHeartRadio. i just heard a show national show earlier called outkick the coverage and they bragged about how they were on iHeartRadio. we're on iHeartRadio. absolutely so take that clay travis we're also in the tune in radio app and Brand new, you can find us on the Stitcher app. If you have that, that's a great way to catch podcasts and such. And so, on the Stitcher app, you can go there. And we've done almost 500 episodes now of the Y'all Show, and every single one of those 500 episodes, you can sit there and listen. So, if you don't have anything going on this holiday weekend, Joe, you can sit back and listen to all 500 episodes of the Y'all Show. But more importantly, you can listen to that to today's show right after we're done here. It'll be available on the Stitcher app. So. Trying to grow, Joe. That's what we're trying to do here, Growing y'all. great now because I, I deal with iHeart and tune in a lot. Do you really? Oh, yeah. There's some shows. I've got some friends. Floyd Reese just retired from radio, the former GM of the, the uh, Titans. But I always listen to uh, – because I couldn't, can't get him on radio. Well, tune in finally put his station on, but podcasting. And it's not just tune in. You named off some of the really big names and 500 shows. Fans, I've just met this young man. But his show oh, young. Are, man, you're making me feel good here. Well, I'm fixing to be 70 here. So oh, come on You're a young man. <clears throat> this young man's shows are so good. There's so much information. It's just like I've driven by Moe's in Tuscaloosa a bunch of times. You know when what I'd it is? Go, when I'd go to, uh, well, I know the streets well enough. You go to coaching clinics down there, go yeah. to a ball game. Guess what? Dummy me had never stopped in. Well, I'll tell you where it is. And one reason I even brought it up is – in the last five years, I think it's been, they took about three years to build this thing. But downtown Tuscaloosa, they bulldozed, I think, it, like two city blocks. And they put in a massive federal courthouse. I mean, wow. it's beautiful what they did. And and you can't miss it because it's essentially big old field 
with a big building in the middle, and that's the federal courthouse, and it's right there at downtown Tuscaloosa. Well, the street next to that courthouse is where this Moe's Original Barbecue is in Tuscaloosa, and I've been in there because it's really a, a trendy place right there in downtown Tuscaloosa, but it's right next to this massive federal courthouse that they put in in Tuscaloosa. If you think I know a lot about Tuscaloosa, Joe, I do. You know you why? Should. I got married in Tuscaloosa once. so It's a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I got married once. there at the Presbyterian Church downtown T-Town. So. How, how close to where the tornado damage was in Tuscaloosa? I was in Smithville, Mississippi, when the tornado, oh. that one, it wiped out all that territory. Yeah, that killed about and hit a dozen people there. Yeah, it really did. Level the school. They did it. FEMA set up trailers for them to conduct school. Did a great job of building that school till the new one could be built. Don't mean to put you on the spot, Joe, but we just got to check your credentials here. You mentioned Smithville, Mississippi. Yep. That is the Seminole. The, I'm giving it away. Yeah, the, the Seminole. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask you what the mascot was. Mm-hmm. I can go that well. My car is not with me right now because of uh, uh, some uh, changeover into a new car. I'll bring my state championship ring. I'm assistant coach to Jeremy Duke, who he is one of the leading softball coaches. Smithville has won both slow and fast pitch state championships in the Mississippi athletic and smithville okay since I, I blew the trivia question on that one smithville's most likely rival in monroe county is no that's uh starts depends. with an h well uh you got hatley yeah. and uh, they also have developed a little rivalry in basketball with robinson which is a uh, school that's rather new I don't and, know about that one. Well, I have to, uh, I'll bring my state championship right. ring in. Well, you got you the Hatley sometime. part right. Oh, Hatley, yeah, Hatley Tigers, oh, I think. Uh, very hated school yeah. to each other. And uh, uh, Smithville has really come a long way. They're single A. Their principal yeah, it's should a really still small be Chad school. Smith right now. And it's, uh, it's a unit school. It's what we call them here in Tennessee. It's K through 12 all the way up. Yeah. So it's small schools. Monroe County. In Monroe County. You know, there. there's a lot of railroading goes on just down the road from in there. a place called Amory. Absolutely. Reggie Which, Smith from here in Jackson is from Amory, too. Is that right? Yeah. And don't be confused. Amory is, when you see it, I, I feel sorry for all the National Guardsmen because Amory is almost Armory. Yes. So every time I see that word, is that is that a misspelled of, of Armory? So, yeah, there is actually, I think, an an armory in Amory, in case you are ever in the area there in northeast Mississippi. we got to get to some headlines before we kick into talking sports with Joe Holloway here on today's Y'all Magazine. And sad news coming out of the Commonwealth of Virginia. A couple in Virginia shot dead in cold blood outside their home. A $10,000 reward now being offered for information in the case as they're looking for an arrest. And this manhunt underway after the husband and wife Again, both military veterans murdered outside of their home in Springfield, Virginia. As the Fairfax County Police Major Ed O'Carroll said, they did nothing wrong. They were tragically and horribly murdered in their neighborhood. The victims, 55-year-old Edward McDaniel Jr. and his wife, Brenda McDaniel, who was 63 years old, both were military physicians and murdered in cold blood, according to investigators, outside of their home in Fairfax County, the community of Springfield, Virginia. A very difficult story here as we're getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. Two great veterans being murdered in cold blood. An arrest of a man 
accused of killing a deputy in Louisiana, a 51-year-old Elmer, Louisiana man, arrested in the homicide investigation from May 15th, where a shooting of an off-duty Rapides Parish deputy, Mark Lewis, killed in a shooting incident in mid-May. And now Victor Paul Bellino arrested and booked into the Rapides Parish jail on the charge of second-degree murder. No bond set for this time. The sheriff of the parish, Mark Wood, saying this is a terrible tragedy that has affected so many people in our community as well as our department. We continue to pray for God's comfort to all those involved. Detectives say the investigation still ongoing. A little bit strange. This guy's being booked in with second-degree murder charges, but this 51-year-old Elmer, Elmer, Louisiana man, arrested in the homicide investigation of an off-duty Rapides Parish sheriff's deputy in louisiana a tragic story coming from the mississippi gulf coast two women decided to go to tijuana and have a surgery to lose weight and unfortunately one of the two women died while across the border and the other one has had some serious complications now the centers for disease control has issued a warning after 11 americans who've had weight loss surgeries in tijuana they returned home with what's called antibiotic-resistant infections. But many people still go down to Mexico for what's called medical tourism because it's a cheaper alternative to surgeries. And a Biloxi woman has died, 34-year-old Kiki McIntyre, died, died while undergoing sleeve gastrectomy surgery. Sleeve gastrectomy is a bariatric surgery in which 80% of the stomach is removed, reducing the volume of a food that a person can eat. And this woman dying as a result of this, and another woman also going down there to Mexico ends up coming back to the States, going back to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and having severe complications from her surgery while down in Tijuana. So be careful and heed the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's warning about going down to Tijuana or to Mexico for what's called this weight loss surgery. It can be fatal. And we know things in Mexico operate a little differently. I didn't even realize Mexicans often don't even drink their own water. I knew it's always been warned to us, Joe, hey, don't go there and drink water. Don't drink the water. But they they say down there they know not to drink the water. How crazy is that? And they don't have the purification methods like we do here in Jackson. You know, we've got one of the top ten water systems in the world. I did not know that. Go get me. Show me the other nine. Who's better? I want to know, Joe. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm happy with our water. Yeah. Now, when I went to Mount Pleasant, I drank nothing but bottled water. Oh, you didn't like their water? Well, uh, there's a story behind. You can drink it. It's not as bad as in Mexico, but I wouldn't drink it that often. All right, well, I don't know about Mount Pleasant, but Joe, if you're planning on going to, on this Memorial Day weekend, the Outer Banks of North Carolina, police are urging vacationers there to not leave their guns behind. Can you imagine people leaving their gun behind after vacationing? A cleaning service found a loaded pistol in the room of an Outer Banks, North Carolina beach house where children typically stay, and now police are urging vacationers to keep track of their guns and safely lock them when they're not being used. A person who owns Island Time Property Solutions told a local newspaper that a Glock handgun was found in a drawer at a rental in Kill Devil Hills last week. A family with children moved in this week after the room, which had toys in a closet and bunk beds, 
was used by adults the week before. So this isn't just in Outer Banks, North Carolina. This is really wherever you might go and rent a house or things like that. Just be extra careful. I know people that I know have guns who ought not even have them because they can't keep up with them. I mean, they can't if you, keep up with their car keys. True. And if you can't do that, you don't need to have a gun. No, that's dangerous. Plus, there are people that like the five-finger discount, even if you, if, you know, sometimes cleaning people do get tempted to put the five-finger discount to things. Yes, sir. But just be careful, especially with a lot of people traveling. When you're on vacation, you put stuff maybe in a little bit different place since you're not at your own home. And if you're carrying a gun, for goodness sakes, do the right thing and, and take it with you at all times and not leave it where someone else can, especially children, get their hands on it. Memorial Day weekend is upon us, and travelers across the southeast could face delays. More than 37 million Americans expected to go at least 50 miles here throughout the next few days. Starting today through Monday is the official Memorial Day weekend, and AAA predicting that more than 37 million people expected to travel those 50 miles or more, and it's a 60% increase from 2020 as travelers were, of course, homebound during the coronavirus pandemic. It would be 6 million fewer people than from the year before last year. This year, Joe, I think people are ready to go. Oh, they passed ready to go. I got an important note from TDOT from downtown Ricky Brown. No construction work during that whole Memorial Day weekend, even into the Monday. And that is great news because you know what traffic jams you can have on the interstate. Yeah. Well, again, people are ready to go. I think airlines are filling up and more and – a lot of people, in fact, the experts say more than two and a half billion people are ready to take plane trips here this Memorial Day weekend. So we're we're actually kind of sort of getting back to normal across the Southland and across the nation after being shut down for some 15 months. And that is welcome news. More headlines to Texas and an elevated risk of summer power shortages is predicted in the state of Texas, this is the state, of course, back in February that had snowmageddon and ice-mageddon, and they were shut down, and they're still having problems. I got a buddy on Galveston Island who has not had indoor plumbing since February because of the pipes freezing and stuff, and there were so many people just like that that they have had months and months and months of delays trying to get repairmen and repair women too to their house to fix their busted water pipes. Could you imagine not having plumbing for four months oh no i can't it it was bad enough when we had like 20 days of of plumbing situation back in the 90s when we had the ice storms 1994 here. yeah boy that was bad i had just moved to nashville when that thing came and i i'm gonna brag on myself here joe i'm the only person i knew in all of davidson county who did not lose power during that Man, whole time you were lucky I there was were people lucky. here using bottled water to take showers with i'm sure they were i would have done that because yeah. I'm I'm kind of spoiled. I got to have a shower every day. I don't think I could have made it back in the 19th century. So yeah, that's welcome news there. Unfortunately, again, a report released in the Lone Star State by the authority that regulates electric reliability, warning that Texas at an elevated risk of energy shortages and potential power outages this summer. Again, coming on the heels of what happened back in February, more than 150 people died in Texas during that winter outage of february so check it out texas get ready and have a backup plan get you some kind of maybe generator if that's possible although most generators use gas 
to run them and gas is going to be twenty dollars a gallon it looks like pretty soon yeah electricity is a lot cheaper <laughs> so be careful there and president biden he's getting ready to go to tulsa as tulsa is going to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the tulsa race massacre that attack in 1921 one of the worst incidents of racial violence in american history and now president biden will travel to tulsa early next week to commemorate that 100th anniversary of the tulsa race massacre and if you've ever looked into that that was an ugly scene there in the greenwood district of tulsa from may 31st to june 1st of 1921 it's estimated that dozens of people died the total number is still debated but roughly 36 people were killed in that race riot and more than 800 injured and now a lot of people are going to be putting tulsa on their mind coming up this memorial day weekend as the centennial of one of the most deadly riots in American history, a riot that, frankly, had planes attacking rioters. It's the only time in American history where aircraft was used to go after rioters. Of course, that was in the early days of airplanes. But yeah, then, I was going to say, those would have been the interesting aircraft that attacked the rioters. Yeah, I mean, that, that, but they were Americans attacking fellow Americans. That's something you see in warfare, but not necessarily in a domestic disturbance yeah. as this was back in 1921. And lastly here, before we take a break, get into some sports. We'll have more headlines from throughout the South throughout the day here on the Y'all Show. But a, a, a late honor, but a, a well-deserving honor to a Howard University alum, Chadwick Bozeman, is having the College of Fine Arts and at the at Howard University in Washington D.C. It will be named in his honor. Now, Bozeman, a native of South Carolina, graduated from Howard in 2000 with a bachelor's degree in directing. He died in August 2020 at the age of 43 of colon cancer. He was known for films like uh, uh, Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown as well in Thurgood Marshall, and a very big movie that he was in was. Black Panther, a portrayal of the African superhero. And now Chadwick Bowman, his alma mater there there in Washington, D.C., the Bison, Howard University, going to name their College of Fine Arts after him, after his sudden passing of colon cancer in 2020. And that's a preliminary look at headlines across the Southeast. Stay tuned. Later in the show, we're going to talk about some fun stuff here on the Y'all Show including some new concession items at the Baltimore airport if you're going to be flying through there Memorial Day weekend. And also a heartwarming story coming from Tennessee where neighbors help a man with Parkinson help put up his U.S. flag as we're getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. And, and also at 97 years old, one Southerner still is up flying. He was a World War II pilot, and he's still hitting the skies at 97 years young. We'll have all that Coming your way on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Again, you can join us here at 803-816-1170. When we come back, an update on what happened with the NBA playoffs as some Southern teams had not the best day on the court. We'll share information with you on that and some NFL news as well. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl and Joe Holloway will be right back.
Thank you, Susie. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, Hour 1 on this Thursday. Special guest in this hour, Joe Holloway. We're going to talk some sports now. And in our sports headlines, how about some trash talking in the news? And do you know what sport it's coming from, Joe? Well, right now, you got basketball and baseball both trash talking. All right, well, let's add golf to the trash talking. Oh, that's right, because <laughs> the thing with Mickelson and yeah. uh, Kepner and those guys, you're yeah. right about you know, and I always think of it as a gentleman's sport. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it gets a little rowdy. Well, if you saw what happened at the PGA Championship on that 18th hole, it wasn't too gentlemanly out there. No. And that's come out here this week with the crowd getting a little bit out of control. We all have all of that right here in a retirement in the NFL that we'll share with you. A lot of people celebrating the retirement of this guy after he announced his retirement on Wednesday. But let's take a look at what's going on in college baseball as you have your different conference tournaments going on. And in the top 25 of college baseball today at the various tournaments around the land, Ruston, Louisiana, where the Conference USA tournament, you got the number 22 Charlotte 49ers playing Florida Atlantic in an early game. Their early game in Hoover, Mississippi State, is taking on Tennessee. I think Tennessee lost in their game on Wednesday. A little controversy in that game and uh, had a little trash talk there, too. Oh, is that right? Well, they, there was a play that uh, Tennessee thought they had had one and had actually started off the field, and the decision was reversed by Ooh. replay. Oh, well, that ends up being now a loser's bracket game for UT against MSU. MSU, again, lost earlier in the tournament as well. Uh, yeah, Florida kind of put one on them. Yeah. We'll talk more about the SEC teams in our SEC spotlight. Oh, yeah, that's coming up in the next segment. To the Big 12 tournament, and today you got the Red River rivalry there in OKC as Texas and Oklahoma get together. Texas is your number two team in the country. Back to Ruston, Old Dominion, ranked number 24 in the land. They've got MTSU in the tournament there in the big, rather the Conference USA tournament. Georgia and Mississippi this afternoon in Hoover. Texas Tech, TCU getting together at the Big 12 tournament. Florida and Bama. Florabama on the diamond in Hoover late today. you got NC State and Pitt. NC State ranked number 16 in the land in D1 baseball. They're at the ACC tournament in Charlotte this week. Also in Ruston. And Ruston's got a bunch of good games going on. Louisiana Tech, they are the home team in Ruston. They've got the Southern Miss Golden Eagles in a top 20 matchup tonight. If you want to see some good college baseball there. And also in the South, you've got Vanderbilt and Arkansas, your nightcap, at least of top 25 teams. This is going to be awesome. Vanderbilt ranked number three in the country, Arkansas number one, and that's your nightcap of the SEC tournament at Hoover here on this Thursday. Now to the NBA, and the Memphis Grizzlies fell. Close game, but in the end, in the fourth quarter, the Utah Jazz escape and tie up their series with the Grizz. But a big night from South Carolina native Ja Morant, 47 points. I believe that's a Grizzlies record, and it, but it wasn't enough to offset the 25 that Mitchell brought back when he came back into the Utah lineup. Also, Conley scored, I believe, 20 last night. Former Memphis Grizzly, Mike Conley. Oh, okay. Well, in the NBA on Wednesday night from the playoffs, you have the 76ers, moving their record against the Wizards in their first-round match. 120-95, to Philadelphia gets that one and now have that 2-0 lead. The Knicks evened up the series. Spike Lee was there on the sidelines with his orange fedora. 
and the Knickerbockers with a 101-92 win over Atlanta. And that series now tied at one apiece as it heads south to the ATL. As we said, the Jazz topping the Grizzlies, 141-129. And now that series tied and now heading to Beale Street where they'll pick up action later in the week on this Thursday's lineup of NBA playoff action. Taking a look at what's going on in the association, the Bucks and Heat will be on South Beach. And right now the Bucks have a 2-0 lead. That game at American Airlines Arena tipping off at 7.30 South Beach time. The Suns and Lakers have their series knotted at a game apiece, and Staples will host Game 3. That will be televised on TNT starting at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Nuggets and Trailblazers will be a late game. They'll be playing at Moda Center in Portland. That game will tip off at 10.30, 9.30 Central. Blazers and Nuggets in the NBA's first round of playoffs. Now to the big story we were teasing about trash talking. And this one's kind of hard to follow because a lot of this was done on social media between a combination of Bryson DeChambeau, right. Phil Mickelson, right. and in this corner, Tom Brady, and also Aaron Rodgers. And, and there's going to be a – and oh, I don't want to leave out Brooks Kepka either. Yeah, Kepka's big in this thing. Man. Yeah, and, and they're having a big thing on social media because evidently Kepka and DeChambeau just aren't getting along. And they're not playing in the in the sand trap very well to say they don't like each other is being nice uh uh, you're cleaning it up here on today's y'all show but what happened most recently i guess that might have kicked things off is kepka tweeted to aaron Rodgers when they announced that Rodgers would be teamed up with with bryson dechambeau in this tournament where two golfers team up with two nfl guys and they have this deal last year it was tiger woods and Peyton Manning, and two other people. Yeah, I, I forgot I've already the other forgot. two people, but uh, uh, that was interesting. Peyton's a better golfer than people think he is. Yeah. Well, this week, Brooks Kepka, when this got announced of these golfers and NFL guys playing at this July 6th thing called The Match, Kepka goes on Twitter and tweets to Aaron Rodgers, sorry, bro, because Rodgers is going to be teamed up with Bryson DeChambeau. And what does Bryson DeChambeau do? He gets on Twitter and really, uh, really pulls off a good one. He, he, he tweets at Brooks Kepka, quote, it's nice to be living rent, rent free in your head. And he sent that to Brooks Kepka. That was great. That was a good line right there. And then Phil Mickelson gets in here and he says, I feel like I'm in the middle of something and should step aside. And then he put in parentheses, except they want the current PGA champ. Yeah, pretty funny stuff. Again, this is coming from golf, and and I really think this isn't just for show. This isn't like boxers as they get a press conference before their match and they're saying all this nasty jabs in there. We haven't had good comments like that since Lee Trevino of the Mary Mix was in golf. Who was he going after? Uh, whatever situation. Uh, Lee likes to just make comments. and jazz. But his were all in fun, though. He, he was a very good comment. He was great for talk shows. Yeah, and, and he had me thinking, you know, sadly, as you age, I know you know nothing yeah. about this, but as you age and you hear names that you haven't fer- heard from, I know we're all guilty of this. This is like, and I think I'm right. 
Lee Trevino, is he alive or dead? That's a good question. And I'm pretty sure he's I alive. I heard anything out of him in years. Yeah, I mean, I've heard absolutely nothing. And I'm pretty sure he's alive, but yeah, he's alive. He was good for golf, though, when he played. But how could he not be talked about a little bit? I haven't heard his name on TV in 15 he, It's years. almost like he disappeared. Yeah. You know, you'd still hear about Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas. You know, people still talk about Arnie's Army, and he's passed away. Jack Nicholas uh, designs courses and does things like that, shows up at, at things. But it's like Lee dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, I mean, maybe he shows up on the Golf Channel from time to time, but I, I have not seen him interviewed or talked about or anything. And you know what, Joe? We're going to change that. I'm going to put out a request to get him on the show. You need to have him. He would be great. People would love it. Yeah, because, I mean, to my knowledge, it's not a health reason that he's not here on media. And, frankly, he lives in the south. Of course, he's a native Texan, but he lives around Jupiter, Florida, same area that Brooks Kepka lives in as well as Dustin Johnson. And Lee Trevino, the Mary Mex, also known as Super Mex, he's 81 years old. That's not too old. Makes me feel young though at seventy. Yeah, but there's I just did an interview a couple months ago and I need to play that on the show with a guy named Leroy Van Dyke. Lord help. The auctioneer. Yeah. Just walk on by uh and the and and the auctioneer was a good song too. Leroy Van Dyke's around ninety three years old. I and knew I, he was in his nineties. And he's looks like he's fifty and just a great interview. Check that out at it's at y'all dot com. But if he can do it in his 90s, we can find a young 81-year-old Lee Trevino and try to get him on the y'all show. By the way, I'll just throw this out here not to stump you because you probably know the answer. Lee Trevino had six major champion wins. He won three of the four major golf championships. Which one did he not win? That I do not know. He won two apiece of three of these tournaments he'd never won one of the tournaments he won two pga championships he won two u.s opens he won two open championships aka a british opens yeah. he never won a masters that's right he didn't take the green jacket ever he he got top 10 twice but he never won a green jacket and i'll say he never has perhaps he can still play i don't know if he can enter the masters or not but lee trevino just one win at a Masters away from the Grand Slam of golf. All right, more headlines as we move on across the world of sports here. And Adam Vinatieri announced his retirement after 24 seasons in the NFL. Adam Vinatieri, you either love the guy or you hate the guy. And most of the NFL fans probably hate the guy because he likely kicked a game-winning kick to cost your team either money or your pride. And in my case, he cost my team perhaps their first and, and they've never won a Super Bowl, but his kick against the Carolina Panthers was the game winner and one of those early Patriot wins. And Adam Vinatieri now, a native of South Dakota, announcing after playing for the Indianapolis Colts and wasn't on a roster in 2020, announcing he's done playing football. Four-time Super Bowl champion Adam Vinatieri. You know, it's unique. I wonder – why he didn't go back and retire with the Patriots. Although he had a great career with the Colts and put a lot of people out of business. And you're right. The Colt fans did not miss him last year, though. Uh, he had that last year he kicked, he missed some key kicks, and they were glad to have the young man from Florida doing their place kicking. All right. One more NFL story to pass along. And this guy has died at the age of 88, former New Orleans Saints coach. 
J.D. Roberts, who helped draft a guy named Archie Manning when he came out of the University of Mississippi. Roberts died Monday, and he's a former Marine lieutenant who had a long stint as an assistant coach and named to the original Saints staff back in 1967. J.D. Roberts was a native of Oklahoma City, played for the Sooners in the early 1950s and was drafted in the NFL in 1954 before becoming involved in coaching. He was a line coach at Auburn back in the early 60s, then spent, as we said, some time with the Saints before becoming their head coach in 1970. I guess he might have been on the uh, Saints sideline when that Tom Dempsey kicked. Yeah, I believe he was, and that happened not in the Superdome, in Old Tulane Stadium where the Sugar Bowl was originally held. That's right. But this coaching legend, if you will, J.D. Roberts, passing away at 88, and uh, the second head coach in New Orleans Saints history, which leaves the question, who was the first? Do you know who the first was? Uh, It was another former head coach. Now, Wilson was with the Dolphins when they came in. I'll have to think back about that. I know who it it was. Tom Fears. Tom Fears, it just took – that's what happens when you get older. Uh, Tom Fears, the former – all-star in for the Rams, and uh, he uh, he did a good job getting the pro. That was tough. You know, Archie never went better than 8-8 eight eight with the mostly losing records with the New Orleans Saints, but yet was recognized uh, to the Pro Bowl and as an all-pro even playing on that team. Now they're pretty good. Yeah, well, they they have been good. They've got a little quarterback problem they got to solve here before 2021. They got the 30-30 man down there, Jameis Winston. 30, oh. 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions ah, his last year with Tampa Bay. 30 for 30. I thought you talked about like the ESPN no, documentary. No, the 30-30 man. Which they probably should do one on Mr. Crablegs. Hey, this is y'all. Talk with a southern accent. When we come back, it's SEC update time with Joe Holloway, and we'll find out, again, a little bit more about how SEC teams are doing at the baseball tournament in Hoover. And you've got a brand-new national champion out of the SEC, and it is the first national championship for a team sport in the history of Mississippi, at least the two Mississippi SEC schools. Which one was it? We'll have all that coming up right after the break on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We got Joe Holloway over here conducting the Pride of the South Band at the University of Mississippi. Welcome back. And speaking of UM Oxford, we got big news coming from there on Wednesday. And I'll tell you, it, it's such big news. It is truly the first national championship in the history of the school. And that's got an asterisk beside it. I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in. Joe's over here saying, wait, wait, what about all those Johnny Vault teams? I'll just wait, just hang on. But it's also the first team championship in the history of the FBS programs in the Magnolia State. That's right. And that's how you justify it with the FBS. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's national championships there at Delta State or other programs. But just hang on, y'all. I'll tell you all about it. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. This is our SEC report here on this 
Thursday Y'all Show. We're joined by Joe Holloway here for this first hour of Talk With a Southern Accent. And this is where we glance at what's going on across the world of the SEC here on the Y'all Show. And, Joe, we've got the conference baseball tournament taking place right now in Hoover, Alabama. And we mentioned a little bit in the previous segment about some upsets and more. You said Tennessee went down yes, in a controversial uh, game? Very controversial play. They were winning 2-1. to one. There was a supposed to be just a fielder's choice. The runner sliding into second got his hand a little too high. And the umpire called interference. The replay backed it up, and the game remained tied. And then the Alabama Crimson Tide came back and won it in extra innings. That was a 3-2 to two game. And Florida, this doesn't happen very often. Mississippi State got run rule 13-1. to one. Yeah, I saw that. It was an unusual thing to see a final in seven innings because normally oh, yeah. that's reserved for double headers, but – They've got the run rule in these tournaments. Run rule you, I mean, thirteen to one, Gators, and, and Gators are hotter than a two dollar pistol. You know, if you fire one of them two dollar pistols really fast, they get real hot. I've and, never fired a two dollar pistol. Well, they get hot fast, and you know, they took the measure of Arkansas. What was it about two weeks ago? Where they were, they wore Arkansas out. Who is the number one team in the nation? And uh, also, Georgia tried to play with Arkansas last night. No contest. Somebody should have been hollering no moss, even though it was just 11-2. to two. They were hollering woo pig suey. Yeah. It was up 11 nothing, and a base runner finally got on it. Somebody in the last inning for Georgia hit a two-run home runner. It would have been 11 nothing. And then the game of the night was Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Man, they, they played. They had tie scores. Vanderbilt wins it 5-4, to four, which sets up one of the biggest meetings in the nation today. Yeah, Vanderbilt Arkansas and Arkansas. and Vanderbilt. Don't know yet who's sure to pitch for Arkansas, but it looks like Kamar Rocker for the Commodores. Someone mentioned something about a Vanderbilt pitcher having an injury. Do you know anything Christian about Little yesterday got uh, a little injury is what took him out of the game. He was cruising. This kid is only 17 years old. He should still be in high school. Graduated early, came to Vanderbilt, and he was pitching a great game when he got injured, and uh, the bullpen didn't hold him quite as well. Now, Leiter has suffered a little overwork at times this year. He's the other great pitcher. Of course, his dad is Al Leiter, former major league pitcher. And Vanderbilt's got a great pitching staff. Do they have enough bullpen? The best overall pitching staff, uh, could belong to Arkansas, who can also hit the baseball. That's the reason they're number one in the nation. This will go a long way. Now, a lot of people get excited about the SEC tournament, and you should. But you know what? Sometimes the teams that get defeated early can rest their arms mm-hmm. for the Tennessee fans. Even if you get beat today, don't get too upset. You get to rest your arms. You're hosting a super regional already. Mississippi State, same thing. If they get put out, Mississippi State's hosting a Super Regional. Rest your arms and go win that. And you mentioned those two teams. They are the early game as they get going at 1030 Eastern or Central. I'm not sure the exact time, but it's the early game here on this Thursday, MSU and UT. Your second game of the SEC tournament, Georgia and Mississippi in the loser's bracket there. Florida and Bama, Florabama, that's set for – late afternoon from the Hoover Met. And then the nightcap, as Joe mentioned, that big top three matchup between the Doors, the Vandy Boys, and the Woo Pig Sueys of Arkansas, three versus one 
in the SEC tournament Thursday, and they're working their way to the SEC championship on Sunday, the tournament championship. A lot of good baseball, and if you want to tune in to the SEC network, you can catch a lot of those games. All right, here's first two elimination games. Everybody needs to know that. Oh, yeah, they are elimin- Loser leaves town, and I'm going to tell you what: Florida and Alabama. That's Alabama's the tenth seed. It's one of the few times in the history of the league that a tenth seeded team has won their first two games <laughs> in this tournament. Congratulations to the Diamond Tide. All right, here's that cliffhanger we've been telling you about. Congratulations to the Mississippi Land Sharks women's golf team. They are your 2021 national champions. This is the first women's sport at the University of Mississippi to ever win a national championship. It is the first women's sport in the history of Mississippi to win a national championship of the three FBS schools in the state of Mississippi. We're talking the University of Mississippi, the Mississippi State University, and Southern Miss. So they win that, and then I'm just going to go out here and say this is the first official national championship of any of those three schools in Mississippi, men or women's. And Joe's over here saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's in the FBS days. No, what I meant by that is if you go back, I mean, Mississippi State, let's just put them out here first. Have they ever won a national championship in any sport? Not even in baseball. No, they've gotten really close. Even in basketball, they lost the championship game twice Twice. in the last five years. They should have won. But they've never won a national championship as a team sport, that is, in any sport at Mississippi State. At least I don't think so. And I think I would know. Southern Miss, great players. They won when they were a, a small college. They won a national championship back in the 50s, I think. But as far as the getting elevated to Division One status, the Golden Eagles in Hattiesburg at right. the Rock, they have never won a team championship that I'm aware of. I'm sorry, Brett Favre. You haven't won a national championship in any of your sports. And now to the University of Mississippi. They have never won a national championship until Wednesday in any of their team sports. And Joe and everybody else out here who knows anything about football is like, well, they won three national championships. It's on the side of Vault Hemingway Stadium. Those are all debated. Well, that's just like uh, any, whether it's California, Tennessee, in high school, they used to all have newspaper poll championships. And Mm -hmm. so we did in college football. You know, there's debate. There's a split year, Alabama and what, Ohio State, I think, split one year. And and there are split and and Ole Miss's championships are I think every year were split championships. Their years of championships were nineteen fifty nine, nineteen sixty, and nineteen sixty two. Nineteen sixty two was the, the only year. On one of them. Yeah, nineteen sixty. That was Jake Gibbs's senior year before he went off to play not football but baseball for the Yankees. But nineteen sixty two was the only year they actually had a perfect season and didn't have a tie or a loss. But they never in any of those three championship years won the AP poll. It was always the Grantland Rice Trophy, I think, is yeah. what they won. So, arguably, they never won a championship in football, even though they claim it. Like Alabama claims, I think, 100 national championships. Down in, in Oxford, they claim three. Well, they, in, in some people's eyes, if it's not the AP poll or the UPI poll, it doesn't count. And they never won either one of those in the Johnny Vault days of coaching. But uh, on Wednesday... To the University of Mississippi's credit, they get the national championship in women's golf. And I know a little bit about this program. 
as I covered that university a long time and lived in Oxford a long time and I'm an alumnus of that school. Women's golf was an afterthought. Nobody even cared. They 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 were completely irrelevant until they hired six years ago a former Gamecock golfer from Irmo, South Carolina original, Corey Hinkies. And she comes in, and six years she delivers a national championship for the, 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 the Lynx land sharks here in Oxford, Mississippi, and they are your women's national champions of golf. Congratulations. Congratulations to them. Got to throw one for Cleveland State. And, and it was, I mean, Delta State. It's amazing that you remember Delta State when there was only one women's basketball league in college. There wasn't the end divisions. There was no FBS. Anything, just one. Delta State with Lucia Harris at center. And uh, uh, Ms. Wade was their head coach, Leon Barmore was an assistant one time at that program who went on to La Tech. But they won two back-to-back state or national championships. Yeah. The Statesman and the Fighting Okra there yeah. in Cleveland, Mississippi. But not, again, one of your three major superpowers in the state of Mississippi. And something tells me I don't want to leave out Jackson State and Alcorn. I'm sure they've won some kind of championship in their history, too. But they're not the three FBS teams out of the Magnolia State winning a team sport and as of Wednesday now, and this came as a – I had no idea they were even in this championship. They beat, by the way, Oklahoma State in the Women's Golf Championship. I usually tune into the Golf Channel and see that thing. I missed it Wednesday, but congratulations to your University of Mississippi Women's Golf Team National Champions. By the way, the men's golf, they are getting ready for their same national championship in Arizona as well where the women were. And that's going to be taking place here over the Memorial Day weekend. As far as SEC teams making their way into the Men's Golf National Championship, you got the Vanderbilt Commodores. They got their invitation. The Georgia Bulldogs, the Tennessee Vols also will be competing for a national championship, as well as Florida, Arkansas, and that is it. That is it there for SEC representatives. Several other Southern teams in this national championship, including the ETSU Bucks, Georgia Tech, and also the Liberty Flames participating in the national championship of men's golf. And all that will be covered, by the way, on the Golf Channel if you're interested in that. And that is a quick look at what's going on in SEC sports here on this Thursday y'all show when we come back a quick look at hashtag hullabaloo we'll go to our email inbox and see what's there it's y'all talk with a southern accent with john rawl the general of the south and coach the coach of the south joe holloway we'll be right back on talk with a southern accent Right, wrapping up this first hour final segment here we have a little hashtag hullabaloo update where we go on social media and find good stuff john raw with joe holloway as we conclude this first hour of this thursday y'all show daniel hartness is on twitter at hartness underscore daniel christian slowly reformed and a professional digital advertiser is how daniel describes himself there and he's close to publishing his first book the student's pocket guide to personal finance go there check that out here his Twitter account at Hartness underscore Daniel. And Daniel writes, some things you can only get in the South, hashtag Southern. And what he's talking about is a picture he's got of a big pig sleeping on a freshly cut lawn. Now that's Joe pretty Southern having a big old pig on a freshly cut lawn. Doesn't everybody? 
No, I don't have one. Have you ever had a pig as a as a pet? When I lived out in the country, I did. And they are fun. They are very smart animals. Do you remember your pig's name? Yeah, Porky. Really? I really can. Well, it's because of the cartoon. Oh, okay. I mean, when you're a little kid, you know, you call him Porky. All right. Well, how sweet. Joe Holloway, he is a sweetie, y'all. <laughs> and it, and he's going to stick around, but we're going to take the microphone away from him for a little bit because he's got to do some training here. We're getting him prepped for his rollout here on the y'all show. But we'll be right back. Hour number two is headed your way. we got great stuff coming up. We've got entertainment news, some good news out of Nashville and the country music world we'll share with you. And don't forget, in hour three today, we'll be visiting with Hunter Whitfield, one of the chief executives of Moe's Original Barbecue, which has 52 locations now across the Southland. All that coming up here on Y'all Talk With Us Southern Accent. Back on y'all talk with a southern accent. I want to thank Joe Holloway. I tell you that fella, he's a good southerner. Ain't no doubt about it. We had a great time learning from him, and we'll try to squeeze him back on here. He's got some big things that he'll be announcing soon, and we're we're excited for what he's got going on. And just happy to help a good southern fella out here on the y'all show. I'll, I'll go ahead and just say it. He's a good southern boy. <laughs> he probably hadn't been called boy in a, a year or two, at least. But we'll we'll go ahead and give him that great honor here. We like all of our Southern boys, and we love our Southern girls here on Talk with a Southern Accent. If you're a Southern boy or a good old Southern gal, we welcome you not only to keep listening to our show. We've got two more hours of this thing coming your way, but also invite you to go to our website. It's y'all.com, the best four-letter word there is in the South, Y-A-L-L.com. Also, you can go there and check out the podcast editions of this program it's free of charge just look for the big old bright red box it says y'all show and you can not only listen to many of the episodes that we've done we've done a bunch of video interviews you can see us you can see y'all at y'all.com yeah check that out and also you can go to various podcast options if the y'all.com thing's just not working for you go to the iheart radio app the tune in radio app also, Apple Podcasts, the big old purple icon. If you got a smartphone, Apple Podcasts, search for Y'all Show. And we're new on Stitcher. So you just we'll leave you in stitches at Stitcher. Just go there and check out Y'all Show. It's free, and it's so easy. So you have no excuse if you have missed any portion of the show. If you missed Joe's incredible conversation about the South, go right now. It'll be right there awaiting your fingertips at y'all.com and all of those podcasts options here in the second hour of talk with a southern accent hang on to your britches we got great stuff coming your way we have here in this second hour continuing a look at headlines across the southeast we also will be taking you to an entertainment report from around the nation frankly we've got some 
information. A native South Carolinian has died at the age of 74, Samuel E. Wright. Does that name sound familiar? Maybe not, but I know you know Samuel E. Wright's voice. He was Sebastian the Crab in The Little Mermaid, and he is a native of Camden, South Carolina, and he just passed away. And we'll actually play him singing as Sebastian the Crab when we come back from our next break here on Y'all Show. A little, little, a little, little mermaid music coming your way here on the Y'all Show. And, and did you realize Birmingham girl Courtney Cox from Friends, it looks like she's related to her Friends co-star Matthew Perry. I'll tell you about that here in our headlines of entertainment news in hour number two. And then... Kosciuszko girl, Oprah Winfrey, TSU Tiger Oprah Winfrey. She and Prince Harry are going to be having a town hall together. They're they're spending a lot of time together. Uh, Whatever her name, uh, Megan might want to keep an eye on Oprah. (laughs) There might be a cat fight coming from the West Coast here pretty soon between those two. But, yeah, they're teaming up for a town hall. I'll tell you about it. Then we also hear, coming your way in hour number two, a look at country music news right out of Music Row in Nashville. Winona is launching her own line of CBD products. Oh, you might want to save up for that. Tricia Yearwood, she met Dr. Anthony Fauci, and I don't know if she had a mask on or not. Now, Tricia and Garth recently have had the coronavirus, so I guess they have the antigens and whatever you need to go and have meetings with Anthony Fauci. But, yeah, she's now talking about meeting. And I think she was a little starstruck. Here's Trisha Yearwood married to one of the biggest names in the world, a guy named Garth, and she's starstruck meeting Dr. Anthony Fauci. Also, Kelsey Ballerini, we have information on this Tennessee native, what she requests, her writer form, I think it's what it's called, what big stars request. When they go into a concert arena, what kind of goodies they want, they require you to have a writer request. We've got a list of what she wants. She's getting big for her britches, it looks like. Kelsey Ballerini, I'll, I'll talk about that here, hour number two in our entertainment headlines. And before the hour's up, we've got an accent on Southern business coming from Kobe Bennett. He does a great job of our little reports that we have here in the show. And we've got a Southern accent on business here, hour two. And and we'll remind you what's coming your way, hour three. Moe's Original Barbecue started out in the Tuscaloosa area, has branched out to most of the South, I would say by now. They got 52 locations. And one of their executives, one of their vice presidents or operations directors, is going to be on with us, hour three, Hunter Whitfield, of Moe's Original Barbecue. We're going to talk Q. We're going to talk about Tuscaloosa. And we're just going to have a good conversation about barbecue and more with Hunter Whitfield of Moe's Original Barbecue. Coming your way, hour number three of this, the Y'all Show. All right, let's get back into some of the headlines here on this Thursday Y'all Show. And as we mentioned in hour number one, a really unfortunate story to pass along As we're hitting Memorial Day weekend, a couple in Virginia murdered in cold blood outside their home, and now a $10,000 reward being offered for information on the case. And this happened not far from Washington, D.C. This was a retired military couple. Both had been physicians in the United States Army or in the military, and both killed right there at their home. 
in Northern Virginia and this reward being offered. If you can help out, just a tragic story here as the the folks looking into this say there's a lot of questions that they've got to answer about the killing of these two in Springfield, Virginia. A manhunt now underway in Fairfax County. The victims, 55-year-old Edward McDaniel Jr. and his wife, 63-year-old Brenda McDaniel, military physicians gunned down outside of Washington, D.C. And now police have yet to identify the suspect or suspects, but they believe they killed the couple and they're searching for a 2018 light-colored Nissan Altima that has Maryland plate number 1EF1479. If you're in the metro D.C. area, keep an eye out for that. But uh, a tragic story that we have to share with you here on this Thursday Y'all Show. Also across the southeast, you got a lot of people traveling. Memorial Day, look out for delays. The White House reports that half of Americans are now vaccinated, vaccinated and federal mask mandates, although half the country is vaccinated, Federal mask mandates still extend through September. So if you're going to be in an airport, you better make sure you have a mask on. Have a mask in your pocket. We're kind of getting lazy now. A lot of places are opening up, and you you kind of forget that you have to have a mask on, especially at some of your national chain stores where it's, like, mandated across the nation that you have to wear a mask when in there. And so you, you, you get out of your car, you're going to the door of a business, and you see – the big sign saying, got to have a mask, and you're like, oh, and you got to turn around and go back out to your car and get one. So don't be that guy or gal. Keep one in your pocket if you're going to be out, especially traveling. 37 million people are expected to travel this Memorial Day weekend, according to AAA, and the Auto Club anticipates 30 million, 34 of the 37 million travelers are going to be driving, and that's even with gas prices are hovering around $3 per gallon, the highest it's been since 2014's Memorial Day weekend. Save up, as Killer Bees would say. Yes, it's a big travel week. If you're going to be out there on the highways and byways of the South, be extra cautious. Most states have kind of backed off of road construction here. This Memorial Day weekend is this is one of the busy travel weekends. But I would still double-check. If you're going to be on the road somewhere and this is an area known for construction, you might want to be sure that there are nothing, there's nothing going on this weekend because the last thing you want to be is stuck in a car Memorial Day weekend when gas prices are $3 or more, and it's 100 degrees in some cases across the South. So be very, very knowledgeable before you crank up the car and scoot off toward the beach. Also here in the South, we'll let you know that Howard University in Washington, D.C. is going to rename their College of Fine Arts after Chadwick Bozeman, the Anderson, South Carolina native, a famous star who graduated from Howard University in 2000. He died in August 2020 at the age of 43 of colon cancer. And, of course, he was known for his roles, especially his black iconic roles of Jackie Robinson, James Brown. He also portrayed Thurgood Marshall. He is most likely best known for what he did in the Black Panther movie that he was just a big, 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 the biggest role there in that Marvel Comics movie that came out a few years ago. And now, Howard University alum Chadwick Bozeman, who 
I would say may still be Howard's most famous alumnus. And that's saying something when you consider the vice president of the United States as a Howard University alum. But congratulations to his legacy. It's now going to be called the Chadwick A. Bozeman College of Fine Arts at Howard University in Washington, D.C. Now to Florida. We always have crazy stories coming out of the Sunshine State. And now it looks like $740,000 has been stolen from a church donation jar or offering plate, if you will. Authorities in the Sunshine State call this sting Operation Thou Shall Not Steal, and they have suspects now on in and on around law enforcement agencies in Florida after this group of Romanian nationals. It's always the Romanian nationals causing problems, I'm telling you. <laughs> a group of Romanian nationals stealing $740,000 from hundreds of churches by taking donation checks from their mailboxes and then cashing them, this according to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Four people arrested, two others are wanted in what authorities are calling Operation Thou Shall Not Steal. This Romanian national group was based in Orlando but traveled throughout the Sunshine State as well as other states. Stealing checks... In all, authorities have identified 636 churches that were victims, 355 of those churches, and we're not talking about churches chicken, we're talking about churches as in where you go and worship, 355 of the 636 churches were identified as Florida churches. Arrested, and I'm going to have to work on my Romanian pronunciations, Ionet Radican, 33 years old, Marius Dumitru, age 27, Another, they got two people with the same name but not the same age. Marius Dimitru, 34 years old, and Panite Dimitru. The Dimitru is causing all kinds of problems. He's 32, each charged with conspiracy to commit racketeering, racketeering grand theft, unlawful possession of personal identification information, and money laundering. Yes, a story that stretches across more than Florida, but these suspects now alleged to have stole nearly three-quarters of a million dollars in church donations in this thing called Operation Thou Shalt Not Steal. And there's going to be a nice place in purgatory for those evil people, it looks like, if that's true, what they did. Now to a wild hog story coming out, not out of Arkansas, but out of La Follette, Tennessee. Wild hogs are rooting around Campbell County, in this portion of the volunteer state, and they're tearing up the grounds of Baird Cemetery, tearing it up so much that the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency is having to come out and control what's going on. They've got efforts there to do that at this cemetery. And this is a big problem, especially if you've got cemeteries who someone's not out there maintaining them like maybe they should be. TWRA said they're having trouble finding the person who owns this particular cemetery in Campbell County, Tennessee. They're trying to trap, because they have to have that permission from the cemetery to trap the feral hogs. Now, TWRA lists wild hogs as destructive species to be controlled by methods other than sport hunting. In fact, TWRA says new regulations were enacted that changed wild hog management back in 2011. Wild hogs are no longer considered big game animals in the state of Tennessee, but they're are some specific control methods for wild hogs that are authorized by TWRA. It's illegal to possess, 
transport or release live wild hogs. If you're thinking about doing that this weekend, going out and releasing a hog, don't do it. It's illegal in Tennessee. But, yes, causing problems and a looks like abandoned cemetery or one that's not kept up very well in Campbell County, Tennessee. And now TWRA is looking for help to control hogs. And that's something we got a problem with in just about every southern state. Hogs on the loose in most states, it's no limit of killing hogs we they're 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 like gnats they're just a big nuisance in a lot of places and i would not want to run across one in the woods hopefully you all have not had that problem now to more animal news in the southland how about huntsville alabama madison county north alabama great place live there oh right on the tennessee river and because it's on the tennessee river there in north alabama they actually have it. I knew this one from 20 years ago. Alligators in North Alabama. And now the city of Huntsville, Alabama, urging caution as the sightings of alligators are commonplace around the Rocket City. City of Huntsville posting a story to its website about reports of more alligator sightings in the southern and western areas of Huntsville, most of this around the Tennessee River, as well as the wetlands further inland from the river. So if you're going to be traveling out around madison or around redstone arsenal you're better be looking if you decide to get near a wetland or you're going to go jump in the tennessee river because yeah a lot of alligators in that part of madison county alabama huntsville the city's in the process of putting signs along greenways to warn people of alligators possibly being in the area and that's a good thing to do because if you're like me and you live in a portion of the South that alligators are probably not where you live, you kind of get spoiled. And so one time, I've, I've shared this on here before, one time many years ago, I decided to go toward Jackson, Mississippi and play golf. And I went to a golf course there in Jackson, Mississippi, about three hours from the Gulf Coast, and so I go in and I play my round of golf and I go into the clubhouse and the guy who was running the the shop there mentioned to me something about, did, did you see him? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, on hole number 17. I'm like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I lost the ball in there and I went up to the pond and I pulled out my little ball retriever thing to try to get my ball out. He said, oh my goodness. He said, we got like a 12 foot alligator on that hole. And I'm thinking, what? And see, the the idea of a gator being on that golf course did not even come to my brain cells that day. I wasn't thinking gators in that part of Mississippi. And I should have been, but I wasn't because I've just, I, I come from a non alligator area. And you just have to remember that they can be. In fact, we got alligators, by the way, in just about every southern state. They, they even have alligators now spotted in Illinois up the Mississippi River into Illinois. So, yeah, they're around, and if they've got them in Huntsville, you know they're across the state line in Tennessee. Heck, they probably got them in – I know they got them in Kentucky. They've got them in Arkansas. And, of course, they're all over Texas, Louisiana, and the Gulf Coast states stretching all the way up through North Carolina and more. Just about every southern state, maybe minus Oklahoma, (laughs) has some kind of alligator calling home. And in Huntsville, Alabama – it's becoming such a problem that signs are soon going to be put up around Madison County to, to remind people that gators, not the ones from Gainesville, Florida, 
but the ones from right there in North Alabama are also in the area and to please be advised. And lastly here, this is a good story as we hit Memorial Day weekend, Terry Saban. Do y'all know who that is? She would be Mrs. Nick Saban. Nick and Terry Saban are hoping to make a significant impact on West Virginia's opioid fight. As Nick Saban is a native West Virginian. I don't know if Terry is or not. I'm going to assume she might be. Of course, Nick Saban went to college in Ohio for some reason. But he's still a proud West Virginian. And this week, Nick and his wife Terry, as well as former West Virginia quarterback Joe Manchin, who's now the senator for the state of West Virginia, they kicked off a two-day fundraiser at the Greenbrier for Game Changer, the West Virginia and National Substance Misuse Prevention Program for high schoolers. And it was originated by a businessman from Morgantown, West Virginia, Joe Boxick. The event is the Game Changer Golf Classic, and it's going on right now at the Greenbrier, a lovely place in the Mountain State. Joe Manchin and Nick Saban grew up just a few miles apart in Marion County, a county named after a good South Carolina Revolutionary War general, by the way, Francis Marion. And Joe and Joe Manchin and Nick Saban have actually been friends since childhood. I did not know that. And they've also known this businessman, Boxick, for more than 30 years. So three years ago, when Manchin was in Morgantown, Boxick told him about his idea to educate children at an early age about drug addiction issues and consequences. And now we're seeing the effort of that turn out in the Mountain State as they're all back home in West Virginia. Now, Nick and Terry have their own foundation called Nick's Kids that's dedicated to helping youth and They understand kids need a purpose in life to succeed. So way to go, Nick Saban. We don't often put Nick Saban up on a a good pedestal. And here on this Thursday Y'all Show, we're telling about him going back to his native state, a a border state here in the South. We go ahead and claim West Virginia here on this show. And Nick Saban back in West Virginia, by God, helping out alongside the senator of the Mountain State, Joe Manchin, to help – West Virginians in their opioid fight and to help make a significant impact. Way to go, tricky Nick Saban. When the Y'all Show continues after this break, we've got entertainment headlines to share with you. Some really good, fun stuff to share. And don't forget, before the hour is up, we'll take you to Music City, where we've got the latest in country music news, all right here on Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm John Rawl, 803-816-1170 is how you can catch us here on Talk with a Southern Accent. We'll be right back. Y'all know where that's from? Happy Thursday to you. This is talking about the South here on y'all. And that voice there of 
Sebastian the Crab from South Carolina native Samuel E. Wright. And unfortunately, the voice of Sebastian the Crab from The Little Mermaid has died at the age of 74. Family confirming his death in the town of Montgomery, New York, where Wright founded a cultural center with his family, his daughter confirming the death, describing her father as the brightest light. Wright's role as the Jamaican Crab and advisor to King Triton, Triton and the much-loved 1989 Disney film marked the high point of his lengthy career in cinema, television, and theater. Samuel E. Wright has died at the age of 74. As I said, he was a native of South Carolina, born in Camden in 1946. Camden is, of course, a lovely town not far from Columbia and the site of a Revolutionary War battle back in the 1770s. I I really should know that. It could have been in 1780 when the Battle of Camden, which I think was a British victory. We won't talk about that here. Maybe that's why I don't know the exact year of the Battle of Camden, South Carolina, and the American Revolution. But Samuel Wright, Sebastian in Disney's Little Mermaid, as he had that vocal, Under the Sea, which won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Now, he played a fellow South Carolinian in the 1988 biographical film about Dizzy Gillespie. Did y'all know Dizzy Gillespie was a South Carolina native? Wright also played the part of Mufasa in the original cast of The Lion King on Broadway and voiced Kron, the Iguanodon, in Disney's 2000 live-action film Dinosaur. Nominated for a Tony Award in 1984, and a father of three children. He died in his sleep this week at the age of 74. Cause of death revealed to be prostate cancer. Got his film career going in 1988, playing Dizzy Gillespie in the movie called Bird. Have you all seen that one? I, I, I don't think I've seen that one. And then it was not a long time after that, the very next year, he played in The Little Mermaid as Sebastian. And that followed a role that he Brought back in Little Mermaid 2 and Little Mermaid in 2008, Ariel's Beginnings, or Beginning. Also had TV roles. Might have seen him on various TV shows. Did you realize there was a Little Mermaid TV show? He was in 31 episodes of that. He even was Dr. Dan Morgan on an episode of The Cosby Show in 1986. And this South Carolina native who was active in theater, films, TV shows, even his voice is on video games. Ariel the Little Mermaid, maybe y'all have a copy of that somewhere in the house. Samuel E. Wright, passing away this week at the age of 74. Now, did you, speaking of TV shows, did you watch the series Friends back in the 90s? Did, did you ever see that? Well, in that NBC series. One of the big stars, some would say the most beautiful star, I would say one of the top two for sure. Courtney Cox, Birmingham native, was a big, big part of Friends. And a fella in that series was Matthew Perry. I don't think Matthew Perry's from the South. But his ancestry might be did you realize, it's just come out, that these two Friends stars are 11th cousins 
according to the online genealogy website, MyHeritage. They've discovered they're 11th cousins. And now you know maybe why they fought so much on TV because Courtney was like, Matthew, why didn't you send me a birthday card? I mean, we're, we're cousins after all. Or Matthew, why did you not cook that famous potato salad at our family reunion the other week? <laughs> Matthew Perry, Courtney Cox, both on Friends. They were lovers on that, then a husband and wife over the course of a decade of Friends. See, I didn't see the series, so I can't tell you all the juicy stories of all the episodes. But these two actors now coming out, according to Ancestry Experts, they are kin. They're kinsmen as they have distant relatives William Osborne Haskell III and Ellen Haskell, who were married and lived in England around 500 years ago. Ellen and her two sons immigrated from England to America in the ripe old year of 1635. I mean, that's old school there. One son, Roger, is a direct ancestor of Courtney, and a second son is a direct ancestor of Matthew Perry. How about that? Do y'all believe all this stuff? Do y'all believe this ancestry and the little kits that you can do to check out DNA and more? There must be something to it. And here you find out that Matthew Perry and Courtney Cox are married. And that leads me to my definite statement here I probably shouldn't make, but I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that other beautiful actress on Friends that I think would be one of your top two, and I, I'll just go ahead and say I think she's number one. <laughs> I think Jennifer Aniston is absolutely amazing, and she's not from the South. Oh, I hate to tell you that. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston, imagine if Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox were married. I mean, that must be one heck of a line of beautiful people going throughout the 500 years, if that were the case. But I think, ladies, you would agree Matthew Perry is probably a pretty good-looking fella. So some good genes there for both Courtney and Matthew. Now, I don't think Oprah Winfrey is kin to Prince Harry. Maybe they are. Maybe they could be even closer kin than Matthew Perry and Courtney Cox. But Oprah and Prince Harry are going to team up again with a follow-up town hall. I was teasing Joe Holloway, hour one, about Oprah spending more time with Prince Harry than Meghan Markle. And Megan might get jealous here pretty soon. You know, she's going to have that second baby, or she's already had it. I can't remember. I don't follow this too closely. And so Megan's hanging out at the house there in California now and having to be domesticated. And her, her hubby, Harry, old Harry, is out around Hollywood, and he's he's on all these shows now, and he's hanging out with Oprah Winfrey. and And Megan may not like that. And she might try to do something about it. I don't think she would. I mean, remember Prince Harry, five years ago before time the night, had to be the most eligible bachelor in the entire world. I mean, he had that pretty red hair. He was a prince. I think he had some money in his pocket. And he was a hero. He served in Afghanistan with the British forces. And I think he was a cool guy and actually might still be pretty cool. I don't know. I never met him. But now he's hanging out with Oprah all the time. They're set to continue their conversation on mental health. The pair will host a town hall conversation special for Apple TV+. And this is tied to their recent five-part series, The Me You Can't See. 
according to a news release about the me you can't see, they will reunite with advisors and participants for a thought-provoking, wide-ranging conversation about mental health and emotional well-being and where we go from here. Well, that's a pretty good thing. And I'm actually a little proud of Prince Harry for doing this. I'm going to... I don't think this has been reported, and it could completely be false. Of course, saying false things about the royals never happens, right? But I wonder if Harry, and this is just me throwing this out here, I wonder if he has PTSD from his time serving in the military. That could be part of why he is doing this. I don't know if he does or not. It it, it may very well be the case. I've just never really even thought about it, nor have I heard about it. But Oprah and Prince Harry teaming up once again this time for something pretty noble. So we won't pick on them too much for that here on the Y'all Show. And that is a quick look at what's going on entertainment-wise on everything Southern here, y'all. And we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll switch over to tell you what's going on in Nashville, Tennessee. It's our country music report coming from Davidson County, Tennessee. So stick around for some news on Trisha Yearwood, Wynonna Judd, and Kelsey Ballerina as the Y'all Show Thursday edition continues on. Sebastian, help me out here. Chorus is coming up. Get ready. Rascal Flats here on the Y'all Show. It is time to go to Nashville for our country music spotlight. John Rawl who spent a lot of time on Music Row in my career covering country music stars like Rascal Flats and more. And I'm still covering it. In fact, I just turned down an opportunity this week to go be part of something Gibson Guitars is putting on, and I decided to stay here and be with y'all today instead of going to Music Row and getting treated with all kind of goodies. So, yeah, I'm doing my part, but there'll be another opportunity. I'm looking forward to getting back there to music row and seeing what gibson's got i should tell you what that is but there's so much other stuff going on gibson guitars you're just going to have to wait we're playing that little rascal flats track there summer night because it is listed at cmt.com jessica nicholson pinning this article 10 country summer songs and that is one of the best summer songs there is also on this list summertime blues from alan jackson of course he just had a new album debut the other day but summertime blues from that back in 1994 that was a remake of the old eddie cochran hit from the 1950s summertime blues alan jackson's a darn good summer song how about summer's coming 
I played this a lot in my time working at CMT. Summer's Coming from Clint Black, also in 1994. Then Rascal Flats with that song there. Gary Laveau with that great lead on the 2009 hit, Summer Nights. Good one. 21 Summer, that's a more recent song from Brothers Osborne. That's listed as one of the top 10 country summer songs. Long Hot Summer by the Aussie Keith Ibn from 2011. He pinned that with a guy that's been in the news this week attacking Rand Paul on social media, Richard Marks. Richard, you need to clean up your act on social media, but you at least wrote a pretty good song, Long Hot Summer, 10 years ago. And as Rand Paul called Richard Marks some 80s forgotten pop star, I think is how he described it. Dolly Parton, Sweet Summer Lovin' from the Great Balls of Fire soundtrack. That's where that came from, 1979. It's a cover of a Jerry Lee Lewis classic, Great Balls of Fire. That and Sweet Summer Lovin' from Dolly. A great summer song. Summertime. You knew that would be on here from Kenny Chesney, the East Tennessean on there. Garth Brooks, a song that his ex-wife actually helped co-write that summer. The only song that I'm aware of that Sandy, his first wife, ever wrote. And boy, what a good song that was that summer. A little bit weird how that song talks about falling in love with an older woman back when you're working as a kid. But it was a big hit. Also, a really sweet song written by a songwriting machine. John Rich co-wrote alongside Kylie Sackley and Rodney Clawson, Sunshine and Summertime for Faith Hill, back when Rich was not only writing that song that was a big hit for Faith, but he also, around that same time, wrote Mississippi Girl for Mrs. Star Mississippi. And then Brad Paisley's in on the fun here on this list of 10 great summer songs. Beat This Summer from his 2013 album, Wheelhouse. And Brad wrote this alongside Chris Dubois and Luke Laird. Beat This Summer. Those again at cmt.com, a listing of the top 10 country summer songs. If you disagree, if you got a better summer song that you think should have made this list, we'll announce that here on the Y'all Show, what you think, what, what y'all think, frankly, and we'll do that next week. 803-816-1170 is how you can text us here if you've got something like that. All right, Trisha Yearwood, she's not too amazed when she meets her fellow singers in the world, but she is starstruck when she meets Dr. Anthony Fauci. She said that she almost asked him to sign her vaccination card. Come on, Trisha. You can do better than this. Now, she was alongside Fauci as her husband, Garth, Mr. Brooks, that is, was honored as a 2021 Kennedy Center honoree. And they had there in their time in D.C. the opportunity to meet Dr. Anthony Fauci, that fast-talking New Yorker who has been in front of a microphone for the last 15 months. She thanked, Tricia is, the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director for all the work he's done in the fight for COVID-19. He even had a photo with him she wore a beautiful blue dress alongside him there at the Kennedy Center Honors, and she put out on Twitter or, or Instagram as well, Yesterday I received my second vaccine shot. Over the weekend, the opportunity to meet Dr. Fauci and thank him in person was not lost of me. If you haven't been vaccinated yet, don't hesitate to reach out to your medical professional, ask questions, and see what option is right for you. XO 
which is pretty cool coming from Trisha since she had a really big song in the 90s called X's and O's. And then she added on her Instagram post, Trisha Yearwood is her Instagram account, by the way, in case you want to check it out for yourself. P.S. I almost asked him to sign my vaccination card. Come on, Trisha. You should have asked him, especially if you had it there on your person while you were in the nation's capital. But they've been spending a lot of time in D.C. Remember, Garth performed as part of Joe Biden's inauguration. I don't know if Garth and Trisha are that nasty word that some Southerners identify as. And other Southerners would be like, what? Yeah, in the South, it's it's not necessarily the common thing to be a Democrat. And I don't know if Garth and Trisha are, but they sure are hanging out with a bunch of Democrats these days. Maybe they are. Maybe Democrats are the hot new thing to be. I don't know. Now, this lady is in the news. Winona, she is launching her own line of CBD products. She's doing this alongside other famous celebrities who have their own CBD lines, people like Jay-Z, John Legend, and a fellow named Willie Nelson. I mean, how unusual is it that Willie Nelson has his own line of CBD products? Well, yeah, Winona CBD is a new line. She developed this in partnership with a Nashville-based company called Celebrity Brands. Celebrity, however you want to pronounce it, Celebrity Brands. And now she's got her own brand. She told CMT's Cody Allen, I just want to find peace and a sense of balance. I do think that what CBD made me do was sit still, which is so hard to do when you are working all the time, and stop the madness and stay in the moment. Now, Winona, I'm sorry. I like you. I like your singing. You've always been a little bit different, though. I don't know what kind of work you're doing these days, but you're not putting out new music all the time, so if that's your definition of work, you don't need CBD to have you sit down and chill. Maybe you're busy doing other things. Not not going to judge there what you got going on in the Leapers Fork area of Williamson County, but, yeah, she's all about CBD, and she's going to take this to a whole new level with her own line let's tell you about tennessee native kelsey ballerina kelsey ballerini is going to perform alongside thomas rett on the voice finale that maybe i think they may have already performed i haven't seen this but she is performing there on season 20 of the voice kelsey ballerina also kelly clarkson thomas rett performed live i think they did this maybe over the weekend. I don't watch this show, so I apologize. Now, Kelly appeared for a duet performance of Keith Whitley's When You Say Nothing At All. That's pretty neat. And then Ballerini, she sang Half of My Hometown on The Voice. So, yeah, that's already been done. I don't know if it's aired yet. That's that's the confusion I have. And Country Again is what Rhett, Thomas Rhett, Mr. Thomas Rhett Akins, performed on this NBC show, The Voice. Now, back to Kelsey. Have you ever wondered what Kelsey Ballerini keeps in her dressing room when she's not on stage, when she's back there hanging out with people, the fans? And they have this thing called the rider list. That's where when you bring in an artist, you have to have certain things for them to make them feel good, to accommodate them. And Kelsey Ballerini, we now know a little bit about what she likes to have in her dressing room. And her requests evidently are pretty down to earth because some people like van halen 
their rider request specifically says no brown M&Ms. That is the worst thing in the world, brown M&Ms, according to Van Halen. But Kelsey says, if you ever wonder what's on my rider, like what I asked for in a dressing room, this is it. And she used a camera to show off what she's got. She's got a table there in her dressing room with yogurt-covered pretzels, chips and salsa, organic chickpea puffs, bananas. She's got wine in her dressing room. And she also has, as part of her request, every time she's going to be performing somewhere, Orbit brand chewing gum. And she's going to put that tour router to good use as she's going to be hitting the road with the Jonas Brothers this summer, opening for the Jonas Brothers, the Remember This Tour. She's also, on June 9th, will co-host the CMT Music Awards alongside Kane Brown. Kelsey Ballerini. That's what she wants. Those are pretty modest requests, in my opinion. John Party. He's welcome. He's got goats coming to his Nashville farm, and he's named them after country music legends. How about that? This, I think he is from Arizona or California or maybe both. But, yeah, he's got goats, and he's naming them after country music legend, what he calls party animals, P-A-R-D-I, party animals on his Nashville area farm. And I'm looking for names here. He's got a dog named Cowboy. I do know that. But as far as his goats, your guess is as good as mine. He doesn't have – maybe he says it on the video. I just don't have that in front of me right now. Oh, yeah. Okay, he's got two pet goats, one named Johnny Cash and one named June Carter Cash. So there you have it. Jackson. You can sing Jackson with your goats there on John Party's Nashville farm as he's got goats named after country music celebrities how about that and speaking of that great country music super couple of yesteryear johnny and june we'll take a quick break here on the y'all show come right back from this with a southern accent kobe bennett will be on with a southern accent on southern business and that is headed our way next on y'all and as mentioned we'll go to break with johnny and june and that most famous duet they ever put out called j-a-c-k-s-o-n this is y'all thank you for listening in on our country music spotlight from music road more of the y'all show is coming right up married in a fever hotter than a pepper sprout we've been talking about jackson ever since the fire went out i'm going to jackson Southern accent. Here's the Business South update from y'all.com. I'm Kobe Bennett. Ford recently announced their first all-electric pickup truck, the Ford F-150 Lightning. By turning the best-selling truck in the country electric, Ford seeks to enter direct competition with other electric bigwigs like Tesla and Rivian. The new vehicle is not without risk as Ford has built up the reputation of its iconic truck for over a century, and if the Lightning does not strike a chord with buyers, they risk squandering their trust. However, the announcement of the new truck could not come at a more opportune time following the gas recession. Furthermore, a coalition of Alabama business leaders, including the Business Council of Alabama, Manufacture Alabama, and the Alabama League of Municipalities, have called for more electric vehicle charges in the state, so it looks like the future is going to be electric. Business news, headlines, and more at y'all.com. All right, Kobe, thank you for that. And that wraps up our Southern Accent on Business, and that wraps up Hour 2 of Talk with a Southern Accent. If you enjoyed that, you're in luck. You got a whole nother hour of y'all coming your way. Stay tuned. We will stop after this break and get started 
with a look at what's going on sports-wise across the southeast. And then from Moe's Original Barbecue, which started in Tuscaloosa, Alabama back in the 1980s, Hunter Whitfield of that group is going to be on to tell us about what Moe's Original Barbecue is doing and what they're doing to help out kids with pediatric cancer. A very good interview. It is coming our way in hour two, or rather hour three, of our Thursday Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. here on talking about everything southern with your host john rawl hope your thursday is going along just awesome here on this third hour we've got speaking of awesome i think this is if it's not awesome it's pretty dang good at least we got a great hour we're going to be joined by hunter whitfield in just a few minutes hunter is one of the operations directors at Moe's Original Barbecue. If you haven't stepped inside of Moe's Original Barbecue, you, you're missing out. They got 52 locations across most of the southeast and even stretching into some non southern states. And Hunter's going to come on and talk about how this restaurant chain, which started in a place called Tuscaloosa back in the late 1980s, what they've done to become such a big time barbecue chain and what they've got on the menu and we'll also discuss what Moe's Original Barbecue is doing to help out kids with pediatric cancer all that in our very special spotlight of barbecue in the next segment also we'll look at headlines this hour and before the hour's up I've got a listing of some of the great festivals of Dixie taking place this Memorial Day weekend all right here and all you got to do is get back into the house, sit in your easy chair, pour you a nice cup of coffee or a big old glass of sweet tea or whatever your drink of choice might be, and and then just enjoy learning about this part of the world. And if that's not enough for you, we encourage you to go to our website. It's y'all.com. Did you realize y'all is the official homepage of the South? If you didn't know, I'm telling you, it is the homepage of the South. Please go there and go there often and bookmark that page and like the page or share the page and go there every day, every hour of every day because we are continuously putting fun stuff up there and interviews galore and a lot of great video interviews are at y'all.com. And we're looking for content. I've never really solicited help here, but if you've got the ability to write a quick article, we might be interested in, in talking to you. Just go to y'all.com. It has there on the homepage of the South a way to submit articles or to suggest what you might want to do to write a brief feature. One good thing, and I'm I'm the publisher of this website, by the way, one good thing about writing for a website is you don't have to write a lot. Frankly, most of our feature stories are 500 words or less. So if you want to see your name in the bright lights of y'all.com, it's pretty easy to do. Go to y'all.com and look for the Write For Us tab at the top of the page, and you can look at the guidelines. And if you agree, we'll we'll work with you because we're trying to stretch our army of writers across the South and beyond. And we're also looking to expand what we do here on the show that covers the South here, Y'all, the Y'all Show. Okay, got that self-promotion out of the way. 
Yeah, not really. I need to tell you how you can listen to this show in addition to our wonderful radio stations that carry us. We want to let you know that if you miss any of the portion of the show or you want to catch up on old shows or have a way to share everybody that you know how to, to catch the Y'all Show, y'all.com, look for the Y'all Show tab there, and we've got all of our shows available to download. You can also get us on the Stitcher app, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn app, and Apple Podcast app, and probably a thousand more choices too. We're growing our podcast audience. We want to thank all of you who catch us each and every day on our podcast edition. Thank you for that, and thank you for all of y'all for being a part of y'all with your host, John Rawl, General John Rawl, John Rawl CSA, certified Southern American. And for all of our fellow Southern Americans out there, thank you for being here on the Y'all Show. Let's talk a little college baseball, and we've got an update from Conference USA's tournament going on. What, 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 what's that? Woo. Who? Who? Who is that playing? Who? Who? That's the Florida Atlantic Owls fight song, and the Owls in Ruston, Louisiana, have a big lead over the number 22 Charlotte 49ers in the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. 6-2 early in that one. Owl baseball. Look out. You know, Lane Kiffin was the football coach before he took off to a place in Oxford, Mississippi. So Florida Atlantic baseball on the warpath in the Conference USA Tournament, at least early on in this game taking place breakfast in Ruston, if you will. Hoover, Alabama is where the SEC tournament is taking place. And right now, Tennessee and Mississippi State are on the diamond. Texas and Oklahoma play today in the Big 12 tournament in Oklahoma City. Back in Ruston later today, MTSU, the Blue Raiders, and Old Dominion will be suiting up. ODU is ranked 24th in the latest D1 baseball poll. Hoover, Alabama, the early afternoon game there is the Georgia Bulldogs and the Mississippi Landsharks. That's an elimination game starting at 3 Eastern, 2 Central in Hoover, Alabama. Texas Tech and TCU have a battle of two teams in the top 15. That's from the Big 12 tournament in OKC. Florida and Alabama are your late afternoon game in Hoover at the SEC tournament. In Charlotte, it's the ACC tournament taking place today and in this game nine of the ACC tourney, the number 16 Wolfpack of NC State will be taking on the Pitt Panthers. A top 20 matchup back in Ruston as Southern Miss ranked number 19 will be taking on the home standing Louisiana Tech Bulldogs ranked number 18. That's the nightcap of Conference USA's baseball tournament on this Thursday. And other teams playing in this beautiful day that we're seeing across the Southland in college baseball, the nightcap of the SEC tournament features two teams in the top three of college baseball. Number three, Vanderbilt, and number one, Arkansas, in the winner's bracket of the SEC championship from Hoover at the Met there. So great baseball. You can catch that one on the SEC network. College baseball's tournament's going on this week. And in addition to these that feature top 25 teams, I've already told you about Conference USA being in Ruston. You have the ACC is in Charlotte this week. SEC Hoover. I can tell you that the Missouri Valley Conference, which has the Missouri State Bears playing there, they're actually having that in 
Carbondale, Illinois right now, home of SIU is where that tournament is taking place. You've got the Southern Conference tournament that only has four teams in it this year because of coronavirus changes and stuff. Four teams there, including the team that finished number one in the Southern Conference in the regular season, the Samford Bulldogs from Homewood. Mercer also there as part of that. And Walford, the Terriers, a very good season in Spartanburg for the Walford Terrier baseball program. That's at the Southern Conference Tournament. That's taking place in Greenville, in Greenville, South Carolina at Fleur Field, the replica stadium of Fenway Park in Boston. And then the OVC Tournament is going on right now in Jackson, Tennessee at the ballpark of Jackson. It could be the last baseball games ever played there at the ballpark if you know anything about what the drama is in Madison County, Tennessee. Some of the teams playing at the OVC tournament include Jacksonville State. You have the Gamecocks back in the OVC tournament in Jackson, uh, Jackson, Tennessee. I saw Jacksonville State play in the last OVC tournament that was held. That time it was held in Marion, Illinois, home of the Southern Illinois Miners. And Jacksonville State ended up winning that OVC tournament that year in 2019. And now they find themselves back in the OVC where they have just four teams in the tournament this year in Jackson, Tennessee. A place they had it for a number of years, and now I think they're back in Jackson for the first time in five years as part of the OVC going back to West Tennessee for their conference baseball tournament. SEMO, Southeast Missouri, is another team that's also in this week's OVC tournament in Jackson, TN. If you're in that area, check out some good college baseball being held there at the ballpark of Jackson. And the other two teams besides SEMO and Jacksonville State in the OVC tournament, you have Austin P. the Govs making their way from Clarksville to Jackson. And then not far from Jackson is Murray, Kentucky, and the Racers will be playing. In fact, these games are taking place today. SEMO, Southeast Missouri, is taking on Austin P at 2 Central at the ballpark of Jackson, and Murray State and Moorhead State, the Eagles getting together for game two of the tournament. And I'm wrong. I said Jacksonville State. I'm, I'm getting behind on this thing. Jacksonville State did not make it to the OVC tournament. Ooh, that was a big, that was a big slip up, John. Yeah, so Gamecocks ain't here. It's SEMO, Austin P, and then Murray State, Moorhead State. So I apologize, OVC, if I was sitting there bragging about how great Jacksonville State is. In fact, they had a good run in the postseason two years ago before last year got canceled. No postseason of college baseball in 2020. But yeah, SEMO, the Red Hawks come in to Jackson, Tennessee as the number one seed for the OVC tournament. All right, enough about OVC baseball. I know you want to move on. NBA, you had some games played on Wednesday, and despite scoring a bunch of points, Ja Morant's Memphis Grizzlies fall to the Utah Jazz in the second game of that series there in Utah. And this series now moves on to the Bluff City. Morant with 47 points as his Memphis Grizzlies lose game two and that series now knotted up at one game apiece and then the other games from Wednesday's action in the NBA's postseason you had a couple of teams not having a chance to go ahead and take that big lead 
as they missed out on opportunities. So we're seeing teams like Memphis come back to the pyramid, not to the pyramid, back to the FedEx. I'm getting behind again. I'm thinking about the, the first time that Memphis had an arena, NBA arena. That was the old pyramid, which is now a Bass Pro Shop. Did y'all realize that? Yeah, the, that's what happened to the Grizzlies' original home and the home of the Memphis Tigers there for a while. Uh, FedEx Forum. FedEx Arena, FedEx Forum, something like that. That's where the Grizz call home. They'll be playing there for game three when they get back together on the hard court in the coming days for game three of that series. And then from Wednesday's other NBA action, I know the New York Knicks were able to nod up their series. Spike Lee on hand for that one. They were able to beat the Atlanta Hawks in game two. And so that series now shifts south to Atlanta where the Hawks are hoping to get back in control of this one and take a 2-1 lead in their series against New York's Knicks. The first time, I think, in almost eight years, New York has won a playoff game. 76ers easily over the Washington Wizards on Wednesday, 120-95. to The Knicks score over Atlanta, 101-92. Jazz over Memphis, 141-129. And then when we fast-forward to what's on the hard court, on this Thursday of the NBA playoffs, you've got a pretty good little selection of TV viewing, if you will, taking place. Bucks and Heat, that's game three. The Milwaukee Bucks with a chance to, I think, win this series with all three wins if they're able to win from American Airlines Arena in Miami. Bucks Heat taking place at 7.30 Eastern on TNT. Suns and Lakers have game three at Staples Center and then the Nuggets and Trailblazers getting together from Portland's Moda Center. That's the late game on NBA TV. And that is a quick look at what's going on across the sports world here on this Thursday Y'all Show. When we come back on Y'all, hang on. We're going to have a very special guest, Hunter Whitfield. He is with Moe's Original Barbecue. And he'll be on to tell us about what Moe's is offering on the menu these days and what they're doing to help out the local communities across the southeast. All that right here on Talk With a Southern Accent. We accentuate the South. We are y'all. back on y'all talk with a southern accent and here in the south we pride ourselves on great barbecue and a certain venue out of the heart of dixie has really taken off over the last decade and we're now going to go to the heart of dixie where hunter whitfield he is an operations manager at moe's original barbecue 
and he's on to tell us what they have going on at Moe's and a great effort they're doing to help out kids with pediatric cancer. Hunter Wiltfield, welcome into Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming aboard. You've got a tough job, Moe's Barbecue. I mean, that's got to be one of the world's toughest jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I've been uh, very blessed to uh, to work for such a great company um, that, you know, we've the founders who started this company back in 2001 are still very much involved. Great, great uh, guys to work for. And uh, we've really had a lot of success um, with our with our growth over the last you know, 15 to 20 years. And um, I'm very lucky to be a part of, of, of that expansion and um, get to help with not only our corporate, um, you know, uh, home office offerings, but also get out on the road and get in there uh, elbow to elbow, side by side with our partners and our different franchise locations. So you're right. I'm very fortunate to have one of the greatest jobs in the world. Yeah, you do. And I, in fact, you're looking good doing it. I figured a guy in your position might not be able to sit here and do an interview because, well, let's just say you might be having to be at the gym right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, there are uh, some obvious great uh, perks to, to the job. Uh, main one, being able to eat delicious uh, barbecue every day. But uh, I do, uh, you know, make a conscious effort to uh, to get my exercise in and Try not to, uh, you know, let the let the barbecue, uh, you know, take too much over of my <laughs> take too much control over over my weight and my my body. So, got a it's a conscious effort, you know, an ongoing battle. But uh, but yeah, definitely uh, something I try to try to keep a priority. Now we're looking at a great shot of some of your great Moe's original barbecue, and you call yourselves Alabama Barbecue. So for those who are not in Alabama. What exactly is your definition of Alabama barbecue? So our our uh, definition of Alabama barbecue all, all comes back to the pork. You know, we, we really pride ourselves on on uh, serving a consistent, excellent pork product every day. Um, we have a, a couple of, of sauces that that are available um, throughout our menu. Um, one being our classic red barbecue sauce, kind of a uh, tomato-based, middle-of-the-road, medium heat um, with, with a little bit of vinegar tang to it. Then we also um, are, are kind of well-known for our um, Alabama white barbecue sauce, which is uh, native to North Alabama, um, and we've, we've kind of uh, put our own spin on it, and uh, it's really taken off. Is that something that's fairly new to the menu, the Alabama, the white sauce? Um, no, not at all. It's actually been a part of, of our menu since our inception. Um, okay. it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, great, uh, great sauce option that we have. And like I said, we're, we've kind of, uh, become synonymous with it. It comes on all of our, uh, <clears throat> poultry items. Um, we serve it with our smoked wings and it's also available with our pulled pork and what we call uh, Bama style, which is, um, with our marinated slaw and our white sauce. So it's delicious. Talking with Moe's Original Barbecues, Hunter Whitfield here on today's Y'all Show, learning about what Moe's is. They're available. If you haven't seen a Moe's, then you must not be up and going very much because you now are over 50 locations across the southeast. You've even spread beyond the south with the Moe's Original Barbecue. 
And it's a great option if you're out touring and if you are in an area where you haven't got one close to you, check out. You got, as he just said, chicken and the barbecue and just a, a great atmosphere. Every single Moe's I've ever been into, it's not just the food that's awesome. The the environment there is just so welcoming. You got a lot of space and it feels like you're home. You're right. That's something, you know, we really pride on ourselves on, you know. Of course, we, you know, the food is, is first and foremost the most important thing. But we also, you know, uh, take a lot of pride in, in you know, that the southern hospitality, the customer service experience. We want everyone to uh, to feel at home, feel comfortable in our restaurants. Um, you know, have a good time. Um, you know, all walks of life can come together. That's one thing that that we have seen the the power of barbecue you know, has is to, to bring all different walks of life together to uh, come together and, and enjoy a great meal. And you have plenty of great meals there. I'm going to show off your sandwich that's available there at Moe's. And you've got a combination. I guess you don't have to put the slaw on there, but explain what your slaw is. Right. So this is actually a, a picture of our uh, pork sandwich, Bama style, that I was referring to earlier, um, which comes with um, our pulled pork, um, our house red sauce and pickles, but then what makes it the Bama style is um, our marinated slaw and our white barbecue sauce is also added on there. And uh, yeah, our our, uh, our marinated slaw is a vinegar-based slaw. Um, it's it's quite refreshing um, and delicious. It's very versatile. It comes um, on uh, you know a lot of our sandwiches, all of our poultry. Um, it's a great addition to to any meal as well. Well, you have lots of items to choose from at Moe's Original Barbecue. In fact, I've got a copy of the menu, if you don't mind. I'm going to showcase this, and you can walk me through some other the other great highlights you have on the menu at Moe's with more than 50 locations across the South and beyond. Look at all that. Sandwiches, platters. you got a great kids' menu. Go ahead. Feel free. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, so like I said, you know, we really pride ourselves – on our pulled pork, so I would recommend you know anyone that's uh, that's new to Moe's that that has never had it before to definitely um, kind of start start with with our bread and butter, our pulled pork. But um, you know once you once you realize how great that is, you start to explore some more of our menu. Um, we have a couple of great poultry options, like I mentioned, uh, the smoked chicken um, and the smoked turkey. Um, we, we brine all of our poultry. Um, a day before to, to really um, import that, that added flavor and, and help keep the meat nice and moist. Um, our turkey is specifically is, uh, is an all white meat turkey breast that's uh, very popular. Um, it's, it's really moist and delicious. Um, moving down, we also have um, a couple of, uh, of fried sandwich options, um, one being the fried shrimp moboy and then a fried catfish sandwich. And those are, are really awesome options as well. They, uh, we have a, a great um, in-house seafood breader that we use um, to bread those with and then uh, fry them up fresh to order um, on the sandwich that, that comes with our house-made tartar sauce um, and then our uh, marinated slaw um, and, and two pickles as well. So. Another great option if you're looking for something um, maybe a little bit outside of a, of a smoked meat option. Um, you know, moving down the menu as well, um, if you're looking for 
something uh, not on a bun. We have um, all of our all of our proteins are available as a platter as well, which will be a, a little bit uh, larger portion of of meat, um, but not on a bun. It'll come with a piece of our uh, house-made cornbread, jalapeno cornbread, which is delicious. Um, and and then we also have, um, obviously not available as a sandwich, but great platter options are our smoked wings, um, which which are, are very popular um, all over. And then also we have um, great um, smoked ribs as well. We use a St. Louis spare, a St. Louis style spare rib, um, and they're they're incredible too. And then just uh, just one more thing I want to touch on on the menu as well is we have, uh, as you can see, kind of under our kids menu here, we have um, our list of, of everyday um, kind of what we call our core menu, classic barbecue sides, which include baked beans, um, our cornbread, marinated slaw, potato salad, um, our banana pudding. Um, and then in addition to that, we also have a, a, a list of, uh, between you know 40 and 50 um, house-made uh, you know family recipes for for kind of uh, southern soulful sides. So you know everything from a squash casserole to a Brunswick stew to collard greens um, are, are also available. And those side options um, kind of rotate daily. So um, you know depending on on what day of the week it is and what location you are you're at, you can always uh, check the, the daily special sides. There should, you know, there's usually, you know, between three and six uh, rotating daily special sides as well um, that are available that are a great, great choice as well. Talking with Hunter Whitfield of Moe's Original Barbecue here on the Y'all Show. You can go to their website, moesoriginalbbq.com, learn all about what they have as well as the locations. They have more than 50 now scattered mostly across the southeast they got their start in the great state of alabama we'll talk about that with hunter in just a second but if you were looking at that menu closely as i was i don't have it quite memorized but i'm working on it and you had down there in the bottom right corner of the menu and i might pull it up here again in a second it just hit me i was bragging on hunter your restaurant there and i said it felt like you were home there and i just for the first time in my life realized there's only one character that celebrates where you are from what I'm just talking about. Do you realize that if you take the B out of Bama and substitute it with an M, you got mama. Mama and Bama, pretty close, and that's the kind of relationship you'll find at Moe's Original Barbecue. Absolutely, John. <laughs> you nailed it. You know, never really put that together, but uh, you know, us us being um good good Southern boys, we all love our mamas and uh you wouldn't be here without them, and you know, uh, like I like I was just uh, touching on our our special sides. A lot of our, our recipes that we use are passed down from from our mamas and, and grandmamas and old family recipes. So you're you're spot on with that observation. Well, I, I was looking there, and I was like, does that say mama? What's mama style, or is that what's Bama style? See, I need a new pair of glasses and. <laughs> There's not too much difference, I guess. If you got a good mama, she's going to be making it Bama style anyway. We're talking with Hunter Whitfield here on today's Y'all Show. This is, again, an Alabama-based company, Moe's Original Barbecue. Started in 1988, and it started, or it has its roots, if you will, in one of the South's barbecue homes, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. There's a certain university there, of course, 
But it's also a barbecue university with the place called Dreamland starting there, another place called Archibalds based out of Tuscaloosa, and then three buddies from the university, the Capstone, got together and helped form Moe's Original Barbecue, which is going gangbusters and is now, I guess, the number one barbecue place that has its roots in Tuscaloosa. How about that? <laughs> That's right, John. Yes, we're, we're uh, so proud of where we started and um actually our our uh, the name Moe's original barbecue um comes from a, a local legend uh from tuscaloosa a guy named moses day who um actually uh you know was was known around town for um you know loading up his smoker and um, cooking at various events and kind of uh you know really really got a uh a, a, a cult-like following around town and um he actually uh uh, hooked up with with Mike Fernandez, one of the uh, original founders of Moe's back in '88, um, to start the first Moe's location in Northport, Alabama. Um, and then, you know, as as time progressed, they eventually moved to a, a second location, or, or they moved that location over to um, the downtown Tuscaloosa area and the old train station. That's when um, the other two founders, Ben and Ben um, Gilbert and Jeff Kennedy. Uh, became involved and uh, and then you know the three the three guys then relocated to uh, Vail, Colorado, um, kind of chasing the mountain lifestyle and um, got out there and were uh, you know working various jobs to to keep the uh, you know keep the ski pass and the lights on and um, and realized there was a void for for barbecue in the Vail Valley and. Um, kind of, uh, you know, built a, a homemade smoker out of their landlord, out of, you know, equipment they found in their landlord's junkyard and started, um, you know, brought the, the Moe's original uh, concept to a, a trailer on the side of the highway in Vail, Colorado, and eventually just to, grew it to uh, where we are now. So it's, it's really quite a story. It is. And again, more than 50 locations. Hunter, are you an Alabama native? I sure am, John. I'm actually from Tuscaloosa, um, born and raised. So, yep. All right. And I should throw out, since you're a native Tuscaloosan, not that you don't want to eat barbecue and catfish every meal, but if you ever had to go a little bit south of the border, how about Tuscaloosa's own Taco Casa, one of the other great restaurants in the south? Oh, absolutely. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell me twice about it, man. I, I love Taco Casa. My whole family, we eat it every chance we get. Yes, I know. So uh, I bet I bet for you the dream meal is a little Taco Casa and a little Moe's. How about that? <laughs> that? That's what you need when you're on death row. All right, we're <laughs> going to wrap up here talking with you with Moe's. So you have your website, moesoriginalbbq.com. You can go there and see all the wonderful selection of choices but you also are helping out right now. You've got something called Hogs for the Calls. I'm going to pull up a graphic here for everybody to see what exactly this is. But this is an effort to help children with pediatric cancer. And you've got something where starting June 1st, sales from this at all of your 52 locations will go to help the calls. Further explain if you don't mind. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so Hogs for the Calls is, a, is an annual festival they have every year down in New Orleans, and it is a um, it's really, really cool event. Um, there's about 90 teams um, that enter each year that participate in, you know, your classic 
uh, barbecue cooking competition. Um, it's a two day event. So, you know, you're, you're cooking all night Friday to, uh, to turn in on Saturday. Um, and it's also, there's also a great music festival um, component as well. They get great uh, national touring bands as well as a, a great list of local New Orleans bands. And um, the, you know, the, the number one uh, reason for the, for the festival is like you said, to raise uh, money for families um, fighting pediatric brain cancer. And um, you know, the, the festival is, has been going on longer than, than most has uh, been a part of it. Um, but we've, we started competing in it back in, 2016 um and have a great time every year we've got we've gotten to know the guys that started it as well as a lot of the uh, other teams that participate every year and we look forward to it every year we have a, a blast um do it, being a part of it and helping raise money for this important cause and so um this year oh and i, I failed to mention one of the one of the co uh, competition um categories is for fundraising um, and so, you know, for uh, while our, our, you know, in the past, we've we've done a, uh, a pretty good job at, at raising some money. We decided that this year, you know, we we have uh, the opportunity to get all of our locations involved and um, try to really make a splash with our fundraising efforts this year. So so uh, as you mentioned, on on June 1st, we are planning on donating a uh, percentage of sales from all 52 locations across the country are going to go directly to hogs for the cause. So if, uh, if you're, you know, near a, uh, near a location of ours next Tuesday, please come out and uh, help support, um, hogs for the cause and this uh, amazing event and, and our fundraising efforts to uh, try to make a great impact this year. As Hunter said, 52 locations of Moe's Original Barbecue. And so I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I've seen your listing of your locations, and I'm quite envious. Tell me with your position there at Moe's Original Barbecue that you get out and get to see some of your locations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's another one of the great perks of the job is that, uh, you know, we have we have stores in a lot of really cool areas um, from college towns to ski mountain towns to uh, beach towns. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Every every chance I get, I try to uh, to visit some of those uh, great spots. I um, was uh, fortunate enough to, to grow up um, going snow skiing a lot as a kid and actually uh, used to live um, out in Vail, where our, where our home office is now. Um, for four years, uh, back, uh, several years ago. So huge, uh, you know, uh, snow skiing fan and, uh, try to especially get out to, uh, to the mountains a couple of times each year and, um, do a little work and a little skiing as well. Yeah. But you mentioned y'all got a couple places in beach towns. I know you've got them on the Gulf coast. I think you have a location in Pauley's Island, South Carolina. That's right. Yep. We're in uh, Polly's Island. And then we are also in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina as well, which, um, you know, growing up, uh, I, I mainly went to the uh, to the Gulf um, Coast, you know, when I went to the beach and um, getting to, to visit these uh, the, some of these really cool East Coast beach towns has has been another great, uh, great perk of, of this position. And he's got the mountain ski resorts, too. And all kind of places in between. 
Hunter Whitfield, we thank you for taking the time, again, for coming on today's Y'all Show and telling us about Moe's Original Barbecue and the great effort that y'all are doing there. Hogs for the Calls, starting June 1st. Go in there and help out kids with pediatric cancer through your contributions, Hogs for the Calls. We can't thank you enough for coming on the Y'all Show, and we look forward to catching up with y'all again. Thanks so much, John. Whether you're eating Bama style or Mama style. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, all right. And, uh, one more thing before we go. Uh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Um, so we are doing the, the donation on June 1st, but you can also um, go to moesoriginalbbq.com anytime between um, now and June 4th, uh, which is when the Hogs for the Cause uh, Festival will be, and um, donate there as well. All right. Anything else? We don't want to leave anything out. So here's your time. <laughs> That's it. That covers it. Thanks for letting me slide that in. Ah, that's right. We're, anything we can do to help out. Hunter, thank you very much. And again, best of luck to you. And, and we're all envious of what you got going on there. Hey, thanks so much, John. You have a great day. All right. You too, sir. And we'll have more of the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent coming up right after this. Barbecue and helping the South out with our pediatric cancer efforts. Oh, we do it all right here on the Y'all Show. And Mo's Original Barbecue is leading the effort. More of the All Shows coming up right after this. Kind of winding things down here on this Thursday, y'all show. I want to thank again Hunter Whitfield of Moe's Original Barbecue being our guest there in the previous segment. And if you missed any of that, go to our podcast options. Y'all.com is one option there. Also, we're on the Stitcher app, Apple Podcast. We're on the iHeartRadio app and TuneIn app. Check it out. Y'all.com. Check it out. Also, the Y'all Show, if you just search for any of those podcasts choices okay let's take a quick glance at some news headlines as we're closing things out here on this thursday show senate republicans today have unveiled a revised counteroffer for infrastructure spending and they're outlining roughly a 928 billion dollar package that is way way less than what the white house is proposing senator shelley capito west virginia calls this a roadmap and democrats are saying no we're going to stand firm we want to have a lot more money on this infrastructure bill that's being proposed and has already cleared the house not sure if it's going to end up being compromised or more that the latest from washington dc now just outside of washington is bwi the airport that is serving both washington dc and Baltimore, Maryland, and if you're going to be passing through BWI Marshall Airport here this summer, particularly near the Southwest Airlines Terminal, you'll have lots of choices of food as a newly completed 55,000 square foot, $48 million renovation there at Concourse 8 
Concourse A is awaiting, and you've got some great Maryland eateries to choose from. Miss Shirley's Cafe, Maryland's best breakfast is how they describe themselves. It is open there in this concourse. Now, Miss Shirley's Cafe has two locations in the city of Baltimore, one in Annapolis, and now they got one in the airport there in BWI. How about the R&R Seafood Bar? It's got oysters and crab cakes. That's what Maryland does. Crab cakes and airport terminals. R&R Seafood Bar is another great place for you to check out when you're passing through the airport there, BWI. And also District Market is in that airport terminal carrying Maryland's iconic Oderbein's cookies in addition to other travel essentials and gifts. All at BWI if you're going to be going through there thanks to Southwest Airline in the next couple of days. Tennessee is where we go now for our next story as we are hitting the Memorial Day weekend. And how about this feel-good story coming from the volunteer state as some neighbors have volunteered to help out another great neighbor, an active duty, a father of an active duty Air Force serviceman. This gentleman wanted to put up an American flag at his home, but he couldn't do it. He's got health issues. So this man with Parkinson's added a app on his phone called Next Door. And this former police officer, Bill Yardley, used the app to draw attention that he needed help putting up his flag for his birthday, not just for Memorial Day, but for his birthday. As he told a area outlet there in Knox County, I can no longer drive. I cannot do anything. So he reached out on this app there to his Knox County neighborhood, seeing if he could borrow someone's power screwdriver. And lo and behold, neighbors show up, and they help the man put out his beautiful red, white, and blue flag thanks to this app next door. Pretty useful app, it looks like. And this retiree now has a beautiful flag to display in East Tennessee thanks to his neighbors and thanks to the next door app. And lastly, another feel-good story, getting you ready for the Memorial Day weekend. A 97-year-old World War II veteran is still flying, and he has an autobiography which recounts his life as a pilot in World War II. He was a 21-year-old bomber pilot in Italy flying secret missions for OSS, which was the forerunner to the CIA, and now 97-year-old John Billings, who lives in Luray, Virginia, is still airborne, still, after all these years. And he writes about it in his new autobiography, Special Duties Pilot. And it, it, it seems like a great read. We hardly have, sadly, any more World War II veterans left. But this man who enlisted in the Army as an 18-year-old went on to aviation training and has lived a very long and, we hope, healthy life serving as a 21-year-old bomber pilot in Italy and now 97 years young, living in Luray, Virginia, outside of Falls Church and writing an autobiography and still flying, flying high at 97 years young. What a what a great story here on this Memorial Day weekend where this man survived World War II. Congratulations, but I'm sure many of his buddies did not make it back home from that war, and we've lost... Lots of great heroes through the many centuries of this country, and we remember that here on this Memorial Day weekend. 
We'll come right back here after this time out on the Y'all Show, and we will have a quick look at some festivals going on. You don't want to miss that. Here, it's a festive time of year in the Southeast. We'll have that breakdown of what's going on right after this quick timeout. Thursday, y'all show the show covering everything Southern. We accentuate Dixie on the show that is talked with a Southern accent. John Rawl here. Thank you so much for being part of our show. I want to thank Joe Holloway for being our extra special guest in hour one. And also want to thank Hunter Whitfield coming on just a few minutes back talking about Moe's Original Barbecue. All right. It is a holiday weekend and there are plenty of options for you to go out maybe hit the lake maybe go to a concert maybe to a ball game or go to a festival here this memorial day weekend and i got a big list of festivals throughout the southeast that i'm going to try to rattle off a few and if i don't get through all of them today i'll share some of these for the friday y'all show okay north carolina get your fiddling on it's the old time fiddlers and bluegrass festival taking place at fiddlers grove campground this weekend a little fiddling in bluegrass at fiddler's grove campground north carolina to the rose capital of the state of texas i already warned joe holloway about this in hour one it's the tyler texas celtic festival this weekend and it actually stretches all the way to june 6 and this is going to be taking place in tyler at 15926 state highway 64 and Tyler in East Texas. Yeah, it won't feel like Texas. It'll feel more like Dublin this weekend or the Tyler Celtic Festival. In Indian Head, Maryland this weekend, it's at the Lamont's Nightclub, the ultimate funk and soul fest. This one says it lasts from 1 to 9 o'clock on Saturday. I got a feeling it's going to stretch a little further than 9 o'clock for the ultimate funk yeah, get your funk on in Indian Head, Maryland. Funk and Soul Fest 2021 in Maryland. All right, coming up in Middle Tennessee this weekend, get your joust on. It's the Tennessee Renaissance Festival. This is technically in a community called Arrington. That's halfway between Franklin and Murfreesboro on I-840. Beautiful stretch of road there. And right around the county line of Williamson and Rutherford is Arrington. And this weekend, it's the Tennessee Renaissance Festival 2024 Newcastle Road. 
in Arrington, and that takes place Saturday. A lot of people get into this kind of Renaissance Festival stuff, and there's, I think, a castle. Uh, someone built a, like a castle-type home right there that you can see, and I think that's one of the sites of this Tennessee Renaissance Festival in Arrington, TN, this weekend. Hey, love this town. Been there a few times. I bet a lot of you have also. Branson, Missouri, this weekend at Silver Dollar City in Branson. It's the Bluegrass and Barbecue Festival. Now, this got going a few days back, but it concludes on Memorial Day, May 31st. It's the Bluegrass and Barbecue Festival from Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri. Show me Branson. In Lafayette, Louisiana, you can actually see a certified country music star this Saturday as Cajun Heartland Music Festival returns and at the Cajun Dome where the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns have been known to play some basketball games. There at the Cajun Dome this weekend, it's the Cajun Heartland Music Festival with headliner Granger Smith all this weekend in Lafayette, Louisiana. And then also going on this weekend in Charleston, South Carolina, after taking a year off last year because of the pandemic, a big arts festival is back. It's one of the biggest in the South. Piccolo Spoleto at Gilliard Center on Calhoun Street in downtown Charleston. This gets underway this weekend, lasting until June 13th. It's the Spoleto Festival in downtown Charleston. And lastly, in Brownsville, Tennessee. That's where you'll find this weekend the Exit 56 Blues Fest. That is at the Tina Turner Museum and also the West Tennessee Delta Heritage Center. That takes place Saturday, the West Tennessee Delta Heritage Center hosting Exit 56 Blues Fest in Brownsville, Tennessee. That wraps up our Thursday Y'all Show. We'll see you back here Friday. Thanks for listening.